Welcome to the M3 Bear Essentials Podcast. My name is Malcolm Travers. Each Sunday at 2 p.m. Eastern, I invite the editors and contributors of Mail Media Mind to introduce a topic of their choosing. Our conversations are on social issues, entertainment, mental health, sexuality, relationships, or whatever makes us mad or makes the news. Each of those discussions is about three hours, but in the Bear Essentials Podcast, I edited it down to about two hours. If you would like to view the full podcast recording, visit MailMediaMind.com and subscribe to our YouTube channel. From YouTube, you should receive notifications when we go live, and you can comment and leave questions in the chat while we record. All right, and uh, we are live. It is uh, Saturday, November 12th. And welcome to the M3 2016 election recap. I'll be your host, Malcolm Travers. Um, I don't know really where to start with this because, um, you know, it did feel like everyone was in their emotions at the night of the election. Um, you know, people were kind of texting me kind of like after 9-11, you know, and I remember seeing this meme that somebody posted it was something like, you know, 9-11, uh, we'll never forget 11-9, we'll always regret this thing. Yes. Um, it, it felt like a tragedy, and I, I definitely was talking to people who were um, coping and just telling them that um, it's going to be okay, you know, things like that. At the same time, you're sitting next to people who are celebrating, you know, because I was um, playing in a magic tournament, you know, and um, this weekend, obviously, there are some people who are really excited about the direction of the country. And um, we're going to get into all of that. I want to make sure that people know how to get their voice heard in this conversation. Uh, you can go to mailmediamind.com. Um, you can tweet us at mailmediamind. I know our lower thirds aren't working right now. So usually I have it up there in the corner. But uh, that still works. I get a notification on my phone. YouTube.com slash mailmediamind, um, where the original broadcast is. There's a chat room. Um, I expect that we're going to possibly get a lot of racist bullshit in our <laughs> and we won't be erasing it and we won't be erasing it this time um because i'm unbothered by it honestly like it is pathetic but that's another story we'll get into it but um yeah so i have some questions and then we're gonna um introduce the panelists and just talk about how this affected them individually um let's go ahead and start with um with xavier mark and lonnie um order it is on my, on the bottom of my screen. I don't know if Xavier's, oh. but go ahead, Mark. Uh, Xavier's um, muted right now. I'm Mark Estes, the entertainment editor. Um, I don't even know where to begin. I'm like Malcolm, just still, even though it's been, what, five days, three, four days after, I'm still stunned. Yeah. I'm not as bad as I was that night. I was two bottles of wine in into. I was, let's say like this, I was drunk all day the next day at work. Yeah. The hangover didn't kick in yeah. until after I got off work that night. Yeah. How, I was, how am I doing? Yeah, we'll get into all of that. Yeah, no, I was going to, we'll get into that. That's be our first question. I want to ask Xavier, how are you doing? And introduce yourself as well. Oh, doing good. Glad to see everybody. My name is Xavier Span. I'm a psychotherapist here in Atlanta, Georgia. Boy, I need right. you. <laughs> no, that's the first thing I said. It was like, this is going to have to be some sort of group therapy session. Unofficial, obviously. Uh, but uh, Lonnie, go ahead and introduce yourself as well. Hey, guys, this is Lonnie. Hey. That was quick. <laughs> no, Short, yeah. and sweet. Short and sweet. Short and sweet. 
All right, and uh, Derek? Uh, good afternoon, everyone. Derek Anthony. Um, today's Derek is brought to you by Apple Juice and Jack Daniel. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and I'm Chris. Hey, I'm Chris, and I'm here, and we're still here. So I guess that's a good thing too, right? Yes. So, yeah. And and Ali. I am Ali Lopez, and we are the voice of the resistance. <laughs> yes. We are the voice of the resistance, and if you us, come to the light. Yes. Come we'll all be wearing light. like the V we for are here um, to guide the you the dark yeah. times, and we will not let you down. All right. Yeah. I appreciate you being here. And that was actually the, the impetus for this. Ali, you know, joins us for the inter entertainment hangouts very frequently, but because of his schedule, isn't able to join us for Sunday. So we were actually going to do this hangout regardless of the results of the election. And it just so happens that we needed this a lot more um, than we yeah, thought. <laughs> um, but let me just throw out a few questions. And I want everybody to, um, we're going to just start with a general discussion about the day after and how impressions were but here's some of the things i want to touch on in this hangout um basically the night of the election we're going to discuss that um the expectations and will anyone ever trust polls again <laughs> uh what do the numbers look like what and what did they say about our country uh the blame game who didn't vote for hillary and why uh what are the consequences of this election uh did we ignore the white backlash and is there something we could have done about it and is donald trump going to be your president because <laughs> I've, I've heard a lot of people just say that he's not. So let's just talk first about the night of the election. Um, what were you doing? How were you feeling? What happened? Um, I'm going to start with Mark. Because actually, I was chatting with Mark the night of the election. And um, I was chatting with Gerald. He would have been here if he could have made it. but Because uh, I know he's the political junkie. But um, um, basically, I like Malcolm said, we were talking. And as I was talking to Malcolm, I was serving up my first glass of wine. And I told Malcolm, like, I'm watching the results for Florida, and they keep fluctuating, and I can't take this shit. And I hear my little niece talking to my ear. She's not understanding what's going on or why I'm apprehensive and just nervous and shit. So I did the whole, I'm going to turn this off and come back. And I could not escape the election inside my house because every TV in the house was on some portion of the damn election. And so I went back to watching it, and next thing I know, I was popping open a bottle two, <laughs> and I, I, that's 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 it. I passed out after making several crazy ass statuses. I assume on Facebook, which people are still commenting on to this day, and I woke up the next morning to a Trump president, a, a, a president elect. Trump presidency. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, no, I had a, a similar reaction. Basically, um, I guess someone right around seven or something. I actually went to go see Doctor Strange that evening. And so I just got out of the movie and, um, you know, it was like, a big yeah, smile was... on your face. Yeah, it was <laughs> fucking amazing, by the way, if you hadn't seen it. <laughs> <laughs> like the Matrix Reloaded Squared. I don't know. It's just amazing. Anyway, yeah. um, I took to, um, you know, NPR was one of my uh, go-to places, and you know they were they were calling some stuff, and I saw some of the numbers from Florida were looking bad. I was like, I can't take it. It's just too. I didn't realize it was going to be this close, but I still thought Hillary was going to win. You know, right. so I was just like, okay, 
I'm going to cut it out. I'm going to watch around 11. By then, I'll know if Florida has been going. And around 11, he's won Florida and Ohio. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> Sick feeling in my stomach. I was like, oh, what the fuck? Yeah. Um, and then I saw the memes of people drinking bleach. But then I had the worst reaction ever. So I, you know, I don't know if I'm with all my business out there, but I'm, I was seeing somebody who I don't really talk to about politics and stuff. And he started, you know, celebrating Trump's victory. And he's like, oh, yeah, Trump's going to win. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm dating a Trump supporter. I'm like, <laughs> I didn't. We didn't talk but, about shit. We didn't talk about but, what happens. Oh, what was God. his upbringing, though? The guy that was support, supporting Trump. Like, he's well, religious. He is not a person of color. He is very much a person of color. Is he really okay? He, yeah, but he's very voted for Trump, though. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, I think a lot of his support for Trump came from anti-immigrant sentiments. Like, he was just talking mm. about, you know, people taking his jobs or whatever. I mean, he's he's one of those. And that's I, it so was disgusting. Realistic and foolish. Man. Okay, so let me say this real quick. Let me put this disclaimer mm-hmm. out. Yeah, yeah. This is probably the realest anybody's ever gonna see me. Okay. Normally, I can yeah. hold the poker face, but <laughs> in this particular conversation, y'all are going to hear me say stuff that I typically wouldn't say publicly. So, can we get the I'm recording on this? Yes. I'm ready. <laughs> so, with that point, Malcolm, your friend, I don't care what kind of upbringing you have, if you think immigrants are stealing your job, shoot yourself <laughs> because. <laughs> You don't have enough sense to walk and chew at the same time. <laughs> I disagree. I disagree. Okay, Lonnie, since you want to disagree, tell me oh one job. Tell me one job you don't have or you can't get because of an immigrant. All right. Uh, for me, before I moved to Atlanta, I was living in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, Oakland Park area, which is considered to be South Florida. Um. Before they took away affirmative action, the jobs that I once qualified for without a college degree, I could get. Once they marched and took away affirmative actions, those same jobs the following week said bilingual. And I remember I was working at uh, Famous Footwear as an assistant manager, and I couldn't get any further than just assistant manager because I had the angry black guy syndrome, even though I, my sales were higher than any other white person or any other Latino person, but I still couldn't get any further than just the first lead assistant manager while all these other people kept getting their own fucking stores. But I digress. But you're bilingual. Then you speak I, oh. <laughs> <laughs> So I went to different stores um, in the mall. And one of the stores I went to was uh, Sprint. And in Sprint, the only people that they had working in Sprint were um, Spanish speaking. So I asked them, because they had the high, um, hiring sign. I asked them, say, hey, you know, I'm looking for a part-time job or a full-time job. And they told me, well, do you speak Spanish? I said, well, no, unfortunately I don't. Well, we're looking for Spanish people. When I went and I got the newspaper, everything in there said bilingual. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to have to learn how to speak Spanish in order to compete in this market down here. And I remember I did a M3 hangout and I said, well, maybe blacks or people that don't speak Spanish may need to learn how to speak Spanish. And I remember a few people were against that. Yeah, so, I remember that. But with me, yeah. 
<clears throat> but with me saying this is that it is true. Jobs that for me, just for me, before I moved to Atlanta, the jobs that I used to qualify for and that I qualify for up here, I no longer really qualify for those jobs in South Florida because I don't speak Spanish. But not yeah. because and of you know immigrant. What? Hold on, wait. But not because the immigrant took your job. Well, well, exactly. technically, not when Cubans, when the Cuban, well, when yeah. Cubans, okay, all right. I yeah, I was, I was just going to say further. that. No, I was going to say that your your viewpoint isn't um, discredited because I think a lot of people had it. Let's just put it this way: um, like when this dude I was seeing said that shit, it was disgusting, and he had to get the fuck out. I mean, it's just my personal thing. Like, is it wasn't like I think you're wrong. It's just like you no longer are appealing to me. Get mm. your face. So yeah, people get angry and whatever, <laughs> and I'm sure you know what I'm saying. Like, it's not. Yeah, it was just like I, I don't want to fuck a bigot. You know, like. Right. And I'm not saying that that was, um, you know, your point of view. I'm just saying that there were people who expressed that throughout the election. And I feel like a lot of the the craziness that Trump was saying over the, um, you know, sexual assault and all mm-hmm. these other things sort of drowned out this voice that he was giving to people, especially yeah. when he's talking about like trade and jobs and things like this and tapping into white resentment of Obama, you know? Right. I was going to say one thing real quick. A black culture. Period. Yeah, because yeah. my whole thing is that you can have a conversation about immigration. You can have a conversation about jobs. You can have a conversation about all these topics and all these issues that are important without being disrespectful, without being racist, without being misogynistic, without being homophobic, without being hateful. And that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I hear a lot of people using this excuse like, well, you know, the reason why I voted for Trump because he was talking about immigration, he was talking about bringing back jobs and all of this stuff. But behind all of that was a hateful, misogynistic, racist bigot, you know? Exactly. And to me, how can you support, even if you believe in those views, the person who's standing in front of you is someone who is just, I, I can't see how you can even look straight in the face. So that's and, my whole thing. There's so many ways lot. to support yeah. someone. Chris, let me add to that. We weren't actually having conversations. Mm-hmm. We were having sound bites. Right. There was never actually a conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, whether I agree with what Lonnie said or not, Lonnie at least had a conversation. Right. Exactly. It. Exactly. Right. You know, but just, well, you know, immigrants have come over here and taken my job. Okay. Well, in what way have they come over here and taken your mm-hmm. job? How have they taken your well, job? Well, just to start off with the whole speech about, you know, Mexican, be- Mexicans. Mexican immigrants being rapists and murderers and drug dealers. You know, you yeah. generalize a whole population of people. So that, to me, that kind of debunks but, any conversation about immigrants because you're already generalizing a group of people as being nothing but rapists and murderers. Yeah. And that's, like and the, that's same, the same they conversation did, that they had like, in Florida in the 70s about States. the Cubans. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say and that. I, I think, a Cuban. I do. Yeah, I was going to say, I think he was echoing some of the, the internal frustrations of other people. And not only that, like, even with all this other shit that uh, Trump was saying that was just horrible and bigoted, um, he was speaking to something that other people were, you know, uh, white people mainly, but I'm, I'm sure some black people voted for Trump as well. Exactly. You know, um, I think 33% of Latinos voted for Trump, like a third. So it's not like, like I should say of the voting population. That's another thing. Mm-hmm. Um of the vote, voting population versus the actual population. So we're talking mm-hmm. about the voting population. But um, anyway, 
speaks to these resentments. Um, and sometimes they're emotional. So it's kind of like, mm-hmm. yeah, I know he's a bigot or whatever, but this anger and I really don't care. Yeah, it speaks to me. And if he comes in and wrecks white wrecks Washington, I'm okay with that because I hate Washington. I hate everything yeah. that you've read. The process done. of wrecking the rest of the, the country at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, yeah, the, that's like the a thing. Like you your 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 emotions, the fact that you're so upset about whatever situations, you're willing to not only sacrifice your own well being, but the entire country itself. Yeah. Just but to isn't that release what, that rage. It's like really but isn't that what happens when you throw a fit when you're angry and you you don't want to think rationally? And I think you just hit the nail on the head. That's that's mm. I think that's the main issue that I had. First and foremost, I get into that. Hi, Joe. How you doing? Um, hey. Basically, my whole issue was that people who are saying like they took our jobs, they're taking people's jobs, and they're doing all this, and um, well, I had to vote for Trump because you know it's, it's the country's bad. I'm looking at them like everything that you're complaining about, you are in no position to that it affects you in. You are in a possibly nice paying job. You don't have to worry about working in the damn literally in the field. You come to work dressed nicely every day. You sit there and get paid a nice ass salary, and the shit that you're complaining about has no way and it's in no way affecting you whatsoever. So when I made some of the status messages, the statuses I made this week, I was aiming toward those people who were on my timeline who sat there, told me that they loved me for who I was and all this stuff like that, and you know made sure to just go you know like oh Mark is just such a wonderful person. And I asked him, I said, how the fuck can you sit there and look at my face and say you love me and all this shit, and you sat there and put this man in office? Yeah. This motherfucker who doesn't give two shits about whether I make it in this world or mm-hmm. not, and whether you as a woman or as a gay white male just don't, don't exist. It's like, how can you sit there and like, right. like, why? And so I had to sit there and question a lot of people. So my blog game was on, my blog and my friend game was on point all week long. I mean, I... I, I I have a black belt on this shit right now. We read the yeah. Bible. <laughs> well, I mean, you say what? I say thing that I think you know as we talk about this, that definitely needs to be when we talk about you know, yes, you wanted to burn down uh, the whole political system in, in in the Washington establishment. One is that um, as president, a president is only one part of that, and when they talk about the country being where it is. They like to throw a lot of that blame on Barack, but they don't talk about what Congress and the Senate did. Exactly. Like what right. happened to the healthcare bill. They took all of the real meat and potatoes out of that yeah. bill that would made it great. Yeah. And they yeah. he compromised a lot for the sake of moving the country forward. Mm-hmm. And they're not giving him his props for that. So if you're mm-hmm. gonna want to say it's about just the presidency, you need to really look at the people that you put in office yeah. because that's one of the but things. See, always the, the, the thing about that. <laughs> is that now they're saying that we need to all gather together around our president and give him the support <laughs> that he deserves when they did not give the support to Barack Obama when right. he needed it. Right. And even right. more importantly, I feel like hypocritical. you have to earn yeah. that support. All right. Trump hasn't earned anything. You know, you got some people to vote for about President Obama. Well, I mean, I, even with that, though, you know, I mean, it wasn't like right off rip. I mean, for me personally, when Obama was elected um, in his first term that I was like, oh, he's going to just fix everything. He's going to be perfect. Right. Right. You know, he to me, honestly, he fought for my respect and he earned my vote. And, you know, in the 
I guess you say the longevity of everything. So, I mean, I still feel that way. Like, I mean, I'm not going to sit up here and say that Donald Trump won't accomplish anything within his presidency that will benefit this country. You know, I'm not going to be that doubtful. But the point of it is, is that from what he's done so far doing his campaign, I can say my expectations are low. And even more importantly, I'm going to hold him accountable for everything. You know what I'm saying? Because to me, it's like you created such a divide in this country. Like you, your whole campaign, your whole approach in becoming president was based off of dividing. It was based off of segregating the people. Okay, so you like the hostility that's going on right now. I'm not saying it's all him, but a large part of his him becoming president is based off of that. So my whole thing is that, you know, when shit goes south and it's a large possibility that it might, I'm going to hold him accountable. And until he proves me proves otherwise, I'm not going to give him any slack. You know what I'm saying? And I feel like no one should. Cause I feel like, because beyond just Donald Trump, I feel like this, this applies to all elected officials. We have to hold our elected officials mm-hmm. accountable at all times. Mm-hmm. Never let your elected official, I don't care if it's on a local level, national level, whatever it may be, never let them get away with shit. Because the thing with this, we, we, we are the people. We, we are putting them in these positions. So they owe us, you know? So hold them accountable. And that's the same thing with Trump. I'm not going to sit up there and give him a pass just because he's president. Like, exactly. what are you going to do? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And, and, and Chris, the thing is, he just uh, said something that it was part of what I was going to say also. Uh, because the people that are actually guilty of a Donald Trump and a Hillary Clinton mm-hmm. by putting them in the positions that we put them in is ourselves because we don't do the research. We don't remember what these politicians have done in the past. We don't mm-hmm. remember the policies that they have put in the past. We don't remember some of the yeah. good things that they have done or the bad things that they have done. Right. We just remember the things that are happening now. Mm-hmm. And then when we put them in those pedestals, we are sh- completely shocked when they start doing crap that is yeah. completely against our best interests. Mm-hmm. That is what's happening. Yeah. They are but actually we- voting towards their best interests, not our interests. Mm-hmm. We need to but- stop that. We need to be more informed as voters, as basically as consumers, all the way around. We need to be sure that we know what these politicians are up to. Right. Put the exactly. right person to be able to go there and represent me as a country. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I want to turn average, to one of. The, um, huh. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. Because you know we keep talking about, and I've heard this said on the news and everywhere is that. What we need to do is constituents, you know, constituents need to do this, constituents need to be aware of this, you know, and they poll people and they ask people, well, do you know what this means? Do you know what this means? If you go outside right now and you just stop a random person on the street and ask them, what are the three branches of government and what do they Thank do? You. They don't know what it is. It's true. Thank you. That's true. The average American is a fucking idiot. Yeah, that is something every well, other country has always known about us. Yep. <laughs> well, this and is we one, proved it. One of the things I want to talk about, um, you know, just in the conversations thus far, I want to bring up is, um, you know, some of the some of the things that we maybe some of the positive signs that are going to come out of this election. I'm I'm going to have to dig deep for that. But before we get into that, I want to just get into some of the numbers. Uh, voter turnout. Um, it was down, I guess, 30% or so um, from 2012. Um, although we did have a lot of early voting. Early voting went up by um, significant margins. Um, and so a lot of people saw that as a positive sign. Went out more. Um, but 
I think a lot of people are speculating that the early voting had to do with fears of not being able to vote on election day, mm -hmm. like it was going to be crowded or whatever. Um, but as it turned out, uh, we had a significant decrease in voting. Um, let's see, about 57% of eligible voters voted in this election, which was down from last year of 58.6%. Uh, and in 2008, it was 61.6%. So it's been going down. Went down about, about the same margin um, for many years. Also, I think in 2008 was the highest voter turnout in 40 years. So it's kind of hard yes. to compare that. <laughs> um, May I say something about no, that real quick? Yeah. You just mm -hmm. so both brought up another point that I needed to bring, bring about. Yeah, go ahead, um, please. A lot of that has also to do with the voter... Um, voter law having been struck down by the Supreme Court, which many states right. actually took advantage of closing polling places, also places for people to be able to register to vote, uh, places where they could get an ID to be able to vote. The fact that we have, we're one of the few countries that voting happens on a workday instead exactly. of the Exactly, uh, exactly. Which we make it harder for the voter specifically for voters that have no means, nothing yeah. to show up to vote. Mm -hmm. This is this is what almost forty nine percent of people didn't vote. That yeah. is an insult to our intellect. Yeah, yeah, no, no doubt. Like um, President Elect Donald Trump was voted in by twenty five percent of the um, the voting electorate. You know, because half of people didn't vote to begin with. And then only 50% exactly. of those people voted for him. Mm. So, you know, that is disturbing in and of itself. So if you want to, you know, put that in perspective, 25% of Americans, you know, voted for him. Um, okay, but are, here's the thing about that. So okay, yeah. I hear what you're saying about it's difficult to vote sometimes in certain situations. That sometimes just the right to exercise in voting can be difficult. However, with something as important as voting, as important as what it is, there are people who have fought and died for it. I don't think you can make it any more difficult than that. They have fought and died for the opportunity for us to be able to vote. So just because you're having some hard times of getting the vote, and that hard time is kind of going to be depicted upon, you know, where you are and who you are and how you feel about it, mm -hmm. doesn't mean you walk away from the process all at once. Because, yes, it's difficult. It's uncomfortable, but it's five minutes to an hour of something you need to get done to keep from having the rest of your life disrupted and fucked up. Yeah. Well, Xavier makes a great point because, like you talked about, I mean, in 2008, we saw record voting numbers. And the thing that Donald Trump and both Barack Obama did, they galvanized populations that had never voted before. Because Man. the first time with Barack, you, I mean, I know my brother, he, um, we're nine years apart. So back then, I mean, we was, he was in his, his, what, early 30s. Um, he had never voted. But he went out and he voted for Barack Obama just in the mere fact that because he could relate to Barack. He did yeah. a little bit. The, the, he may not have done all of the, the, the research and everything, but it did have a lot to do with someone that looked like him. Now, mm -hmm. with, with Donald Trump, the thing that he did was he galvanized, sadly, an, uh, another population that has been overlooked. You know, white, uneducated mm -hmm. men are not looked at. Um, and the white supremacists, don't forget them. Right. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, <laughs> and, and then he, you know, yeah, so he galvanized. And then, like we said, he used things like divisiveness and things like that. And, like, I mean, we were saying earlier, because, you know, like you were saying, Chris, about holding him accountable. My thing is... Um, 
if you start the spark that starts the fire, then I'm holding you fucking accountable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and that's why I'm at it. Like you said, and now, and yes, we're taking the turn and having to look at this and say, okay, what is the positive spin here? And the thing is, is that um, there's a lot of work that has to be done. And my thing is, oh, God, as the leader of this country, whereas Barack has stepped up when things have gotten tough and said, hey, look, yeah. you know, we have. I was going to say, that. It, it, the only I positive thing. Him to do that. Because if he, and how he handles that, it's truly going to, to me, determine the type of president that he's going to able be able to be. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was going to say the only positive thing I can see coming out of this election is the uh, a greater realization of how exceptional President Obama was <laughs> as a candidate and a president. Because this is some some of the statistics that are coming out of this are pretty amazing. Like, first of all, um, President Obama actually got a larger percentage of the white vote than Hillary Clinton did. Mm. Um, almost, almost by like twenty percent. Um, it's interesting that nine percent of people who voted for Obama in uh, twenty twelve voted for Trump. Hmm. Uh, he spoke to those same people, those same sort of disaffected working white class, white working class people. Obama actually appealed to them in in similar ways to the way that Trump did. At least nine percent of them did. Um, which is kind of fucked up. <laughs> I don't know I exactly what that means. What oh, Jeffrey and Xavier both kind of pointed on, and the people getting out and voting, people who had never voted before. Because Lonnie and I have talked about this a lot. Um, oh. And it's something that I think needs to be discussed. When, if, if we want to take voting seriously in this country, then we need to be serious about educating people on voting because I agree mm-hmm. with Lonnie. It is not just enough. And I, and, and, and I, and yes, people did die for your right to vote. But what does that mean? If you don't I'm explain, if you don't explain to kids growing up what that means, and I don't mean make another slave movie or a 60s era, <laughs> right I mean, Xavier Xavier said earlier, (laughs) if you go out and ask the common person, what are the three branches of government? And they don't know. Why don't they know? Why isn't that taught in school? Well, the thing is, it's still taught. And that's the thing. Is it? It it is still taught. I mean, it's like it's It's still taught taught. the way that it was taught, I think, to us. But it does become a thing uh, because this is why I say a lot of people are mad as hell. And I mean, raising hell. And I mean, I. Because I've talked to a few parents with kids in school now, mm-hmm. and that, they, yeah, that's according to the kids, that's not taught. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and I know we were, taught. I know we were, I, okay. Well, no, you know, well, no, no, what we're saying, what, what, what we're saying is it's taught. My thing is this it's taught, but you got like, I'm, I'm about to bring them into the conversation because this is right around the corner, Cap, uh, Cap Colin Kaepernick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, would you sit there and listen to your teacher telling you about? The, the, the trials and tribulations of voting and stuff like that, where you as a 13, 12-year-old, impressionable young child, this is what Cap's saying, like, I ain't voting. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean... Well, okay. We need to look at the environment. I mean, let's be very, very clear. I mean, like we talk about, yes, we do not want another slave movie. We do not want another civil rights moment in the sense of having to re-go through these moments that we have seen expressed as our experience of our stories, but at some times we really do have to look at them. Because, I mean, I mean, back then, you know, if Twitter and all that had existed during the civil rights movement, really, where would we be now? 
I mean, this. I mean, honestly, we need. But to where are we life. now? Where are we? We're, we're, we're no different media, than what we were back then. When you have things like social media <clears throat> and things that, whereas before we were isolated, we were isolated in our communities, and because of that, it forced things like yes, it yes. forced to be more informed. We were right. understood what we were fighting for. Right. No, these kids are so far removed from that because. Mm-hmm. Know if they I don't feel racism. Mm-hmm. They don't know what that means. If you don't know what it means, like if you've never been called a nigga to your face, you right. don't know what that feels like. All the dead feel. bodies that's in the street, you mean to tell me that kids don't realize how serious things are right now? No, they don't. I, they don't. They're far removed from it. It's a social media thing. It's, it's, a, it's a trending topic to them. That's the problem also, I've always been saying. I think it's a mindset of complacency. It and is. I think complacency is I a I would love to thing. have some kids on this right now because I think that we're just giving our thoughts. No, about I, don't think, I, don't think I think everybody. I think everybody's making true. valid points. I mean, well, no, from I Eric, with kids and I told uh, kids, and, and we and, and like you said, because of things like this, a lot of kids. I mean, literally, I have had kids that when you talk to them about things like, I mean, when you talk to them, I mean, you talk to kids about everything from voting to why they don't have protected sex, and they all mm-hmm. tell you the same thing because they don't have protected sex because they can take a pill, and whoever's in the White House, they don't really give a fuck because they don't give a fuck. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have heard yeah. directly from kids. Yeah. And then it's yeah. and then it's also the parents. I want to also mention this because yesterday a lot of I, I reshared a video on my Facebook timeline of some kids, some high school students. I think it was in California who walked out of class and started the protest. And I had some my um, one of my friends who um is she was like they need to be in school. They don't know anything about what's going on. I'm like, why the fuck should I be protesting? I mean, they at least they know. I mean. In the next four years, in the next year, for one for one group of those kids, the next year or this year, they'll be voting in whatever election, the local election is going on in their area. Mm-hmm. And then they're, they're, they're learning. Mm-hmm. learning. This yeah. is them to get out of class and doing something. But you're like, well, they're just kids. It goes back to the whole argument about, like, the walking dead with Carl and stuff like that. You can't be a kid. You know what I'm saying? Like, because you have, to, you have to know what the hell's going on. So if, you, if that child's out there marching and they're sitting there listening and paying attention to what the hell is going on around them and they're exercising their right to protest and be like, you know, I, they're, like, they're adulting because our parents are not doing what they're supposed to be doing right now. They're not there so adulting. What I'm hearing, so what I'm hearing is that it's our fault that this man has gotten in office. It's our fault that our children are not knowing the three the what the three brands of government or uh, American branches of government. It's our fault that we are in the predicament that we're in right now. That's what I'm hearing from every single person. And to put it bluntly, right? to be put it bluntly, I'm gonna sit here and say a resounding yes. I'm gonna be to say that honest. We gotta, we okay. got to own up so to our fuck pro- up. So, so now, this, what is the solution? The solution me, is very simple. It's, believe it or not, is it's time that we put our big panties on, a mm. big man panties on, mm-hmm. or pants or whatever, if we start doing what we used to do. Mm-hmm. We start uh, teaching, our children. teaching make, making sure that everybody's aware of the situation that we are in, mm-hmm. looking for solutions, maybe inside the box or outside the box, but trying to make sure that we communicate with each other and we keep uh, vigilance to make yes. sure that our politicians mm-hmm. are doing us right. And it starts on a local level. I just want to add exactly. that. Too. Like, I, it's, the, the presidential yeah, election is but, important, but it's also important to be involved in your local election, knowing you're voting in, in your city council, yeah. as mayor, as governor. 
all those positions. Yeah. We need to look at the school boards. Right. School boards control <laughs> what our children are being taught. And we talk about are they being taught it in school? Absolutely not, because these school boards are being taught because, you know, no, they do teach more towards standardized testing. So that when Derek actually asked the question earlier, yes, it's taught, but it's not taught the same way it was taught to us. We had civics class. But now I'm yes. concerned about you being able to pass a standardized test. Mm -hmm. So education yeah. being taught has changed. And we do have to, like, you know, I mean, Ali said a great thing, and I always tell people, you know, I have nieces and nephews that I have raised like they were my own. And I don't take for granted that they're taught certain things. You know, I was passed down and I was lucky yeah. raised by great aunts and great grandmothers. So, mm -hmm. yeah, they told me stories and we don't pass around, we don't pass down that generational knowledge mm -hmm. anymore. We post it on a fucking Twitter page right. or our Facebook page and thinks, oh, well, we just put it out there. But no, they sat down and we talked and we had conversations and they made sure that I understood exactly what was going on and the fact that, yes, they had died. And, and, and gone through some things to make yes. sure that I have the rights that I have to. And a lot of people now, we do take stuff for granted because like I tell people, you know, if you have never been truly, if you never experienced discrimination directly, if you've never gone through certain things and you don't know, and like we were talking about earlier, like the number of Hispanics that voted for him, the number of this group that voted for him. A lot of people that voted for him were in positions where, like even if we don't talk about the divisions that exist even within our own community. You know, exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people that and I know I talked to people that, you know, because they did, quote unquote, come to this country correctly and they went through this process. So it's like, well, how are you going to have somebody that comes here illegally that's not going to be put on the same foot as me? Um, they, I got two yeah. more than they do. How the hell are they getting ready to come in here and get the same rights I do? We don't like that. Whether it's Hispanic, we deal with it in our community as black. We still deal with these color complexes. Mm -hmm. uh, and then it even boils down to even our own community because as gay men now, like I tell people, our, the, the, the rights of gay men and what we're fighting for now as gay men, lesbian, transgender, whatever the, you know, the letters we put behind it, but the, mm -hmm. it, it, it equalizing the marriage made our agendas different. So exactly. to them again, look, because I mean, like I said, I mean, like here, we go out every first Friday. You see all these damn young guys in the club bopping and popping and doing everything else. But who's really talking to them like like we used to have? I know back during my day, we had, I mean, they were some, you know, they could be the drag queens. They could be some other folks, but they was telling us like, What's, look, this is what the fuck is going on in this community. Mm -hmm. Y'all need to make sure that y'all are on top of this. Right. <clears throat> your fun but on the same note you need to be civil civic minded about the fact that this impacts you as something yes. on my passion exactly those conversations anymore and so where are we taking responsibility so as Lonnie said you're absolutely right it's our fault I wrote a thing and it's on my Facebook page and anybody when Trayvon Martin got killed I said point blank that child's blood was on all of our hands Thanks. not that man that killed him because we allowed this country to get to a place where that baby could get killed because that's somebody's child and yep. And, and we allow, because of stupid stand your ground law, that that man was able to walk away with burning mm -hmm. That's what's the problem. And deal with that stuff. And yeah, it is our fault. And we need to get our shit together. Yep. Mm -hmm. it, it's time but for got... activism to come back. Exactly. That's and not just. We need to make sure that we stand up for ourselves, not right. let somebody else do it for us. Mm -hmm. We need to do it for ourselves. Mm -hmm. As and black men, as gay men, as Hispanics. We need to join together and we need to move forward. We cannot go and protest. The pro I, I understand that they're protesting the fact that he got elected. That is done and there's nothing we can change about that. Right. If you want to protest, let's start building a coalition to start fighting against all the draconian laws that are going to be coming out of this administration. Mm -hmm. yep. That's what we need to start doing. 
And I was going to throw this in there too because another thing that we need to take into account is the fact that we have a lot of parents out here who complain about like homework. Like I have people come to my job. I don't understand why they're giving these kids so much homework. You, you with people like we sit there like like allow shit like that to take like that type of conversation to, to take place. We're we're hurt. We're um, hitting ourselves, and it's just on top of that. We just also have to find a way to just be on the same page about something like what um, Ali was saying, like activism and stuff like that. When somebody steps up to the plate, make sure they don't have uh, the end game is nothing that concerns themselves. And like, I'm trying to get this name out there so I can benefit myself. Make sure they're really out for their communities and just not just sitting there trying to be like the next civil rights leader along the lines of like Martin King Jr. or Malcolm X, somebody like that. Or the next Jesse Jackson. The next Jesse. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about that is also that we need to, as communities, first sit down and have some basic yep. conversations about how we get along with fucking each other. Because yeah. yeah. Black Lives Matter things and all this stuff, and that's still coming up. But as I mean, as black gay men, we're not on the same page. As gay community, as blacks, we're not. I mean, it's just all this yeah. already exists. Yeah. And we're not. I'm still trying to figure out the gay community. <laughs> well, I, I, I did, I did want to move on to some of the other questions I had. I'm, I'm going to, because we've been going back and forth through all of these, and it's fine. Like I said, I do want to make sure that we touch on all of these. So one of the things I was getting on before we moved off into another area was the numbers themselves. You know, like who voted numbers in what areas. Uh, one of the things that um, we're going to have to talk about, of course, is the Electoral College, because uh, once again, this should be noted as a historical election. Um, Hillary Clinton um, goes down in history as the person to win the popular vote by the greatest margin. <laughs> um, even greater so than um, George W. Bush. Mm. Uh, so, me I mean, it, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad. Although there there are actually, um, they're still actually in Michigan right now, but they're doing a recount. So, which I'm still sitting here waiting. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're still, it's still too close. Michigan is still too close to call, but it doesn't it matter is. because as far as the popular vote, it's not going to, um, you know, they're still you trying to determine who's. Vote. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's in Michigan, they haven't determined who gets the electoral votes, but it doesn't matter because even if Hillary Clinton were to get Michigan, she'd still lose. So, um, but still, I guess the question is like, you know, are we going to actually look at the electoral college? Because I mean, uh, right now, it definitely benefits Republicans more than Democrats, although in the past, it's been the opposite. Right. People can and from what that. I read up on electoral college, and I'm still not fully informed, but the reason why it, it exists is to kind of um, bring balance across the country in terms of votes. So yeah. without the electoral college, basically what, what was said is that if you had, let's say, a state like uh, California you know, or something like that, where there's a larger population. And if it was just going off the popular vote, then easily larger states with larger populations. With clean over, yeah, it, yeah. Yeah. And then. Smaller states wouldn't really even have much of a voice, so right. that's it's, the whole reason why it exists. It favors well, rural areas over cities, and typically thing, rural areas vote more Republican. But go ahead, go ahead. Well, yeah, I was going to say the whole thing with that is, like you said, knowing in, uh, the, the role of the electoral college and how it works. But the thing is, is that they have been talking about for years that that process needs to be relooked at, and mm -hmm. that's something that's constitutionally based. And this is the thing when this happens, like we are kind of like on the we're already behind in the sense of this is the stuff yeah. that while yes we just had this election happen 
we need to begin to like we talked about the advocacy thing um this is where we need to be pushing the lawmakers and the congress and senate to relook at this process right now because this is yeah. going to take a constitutional amendment mm -hmm. it's not going to be changed because of what happened with is it's just like in georgia they read through the district lines a couple of years ago right. and because we had a republican state house they redrew the lines in a way that it favored republicans hence why georgia is always a red state <laughs> so yeah. you states that have the right to do that and they are able to then determine basically how their electoral votes were do roll out then right. yeah there is undue kind yeah, of the winner yeah the winner makes the rules right, right. and the only the losers are going to want yeah only the losers are going to want to change it because it's yeah. cheating. Yeah. I'm just saying, I guess when it favored the Democrats, we didn't say much about it either. <laughs> just say, uh, oh, I haven't well, favored Democrats, but I mean, like with Barack, I mean, it was kind of that, um, you know, like you said, he, he galvanized a group of voters because he was, you know, somewhat new to the, you know, establishment and he was not a career politician. Mm -hmm. And I mean, and there were things that, yeah, they just could not do to get around that. But yeah. You know, in, in this whole process of thing, this is like with like the whole thing with the, the marriage amendment, even though that was a success for Barack, that all came out of the Supreme Court. Yeah. And like we were talking about. Yeah, I was going to say like. Um, and this is what one of the things I, I definitely want. Nobody has brought oh, ahead, any, any protest to how this process is done. And actually suits can be filed that will cause them to have to reevaluate this. And it, it, the Supreme Court ultimately makes the decision on. Uh, constitutional law. Now, the thing that's the other part of this, like we talk about as much as we talk about president, the other frightening part about this is Donald Trump will potentially get to appoint two Supreme Court oh, justices, which will have uh, implications so far down the road mm -hmm. because they serve yeah. until they die. Yeah. So I was going to say, like, if, if you're not scared, it's clear that you don't know the full consequences right. of what's about to go what's down. What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> the table completely because they got yeah. both houses also. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah, because I was going to say, like, part yeah, of the thing that Ali was talking about earlier with the Voting Rights Act was a Supreme Court decision, which basically, if you read the decision or the summary, was like, racism's over, so exactly. let's do... Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, there was a time when the Voting Rights Act was necessary, but race, you know, people don't actually try to disenfranchise black people anymore. <laughs> so let's get no, rid of this. No. <laughs> they said it was legal while it was systemic and widespread, they, but it's no longer. So let's just get rid of it. Yeah, but, they, but the thing is, they should bring it back. Yeah, and it's not going to happen. That's, that's the thing. Like one of those things, like marriage equality. You know, clearly was something that the Supreme Court decided. You just remember the last Republican administration put forward a constitutional amendment. That was a thing for real. Um, <laughs> so it's not even like Donald Trump, but. Republicans in Congress, like we were talking about Obamacare, they already have the bill ready. They've passed right. it in the House and Senate 60 times. Mm -hmm. Yep. Told it 60 times or some shit. So they already have it. They just, They're just waiting. Pass it on day one. <laughs> right. yep. Pass it on day one. President Trump signs it. Done. Done. To go. So yeah. <laughs> it's, just, it's crazy. Um, it is. Um, but yeah, that was one thing. I want to talk about the numbers a little bit more. Like I said, it was interesting to find out that uh, nine percent of Democrats voted for Trump. Yeah, that was a thing. Uh, <laughs> uh, it should also be noted that uh, women, um, particularly white women, voted for Trump, which people were surprised by because of all. Oh, the they were grabbing their pussy. 
And this is the thing. We're going we're gonna to get into this Colin Kaepernick and the blame game, but this is the thing I'm going to say um, starting out. If you want to blame black people, you know, go talk to someone else because right. we voted for, for Hillary Clinton at like 92%. Mm-hmm. More than any other demographic, period. I think black women was like literally like they led that. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, fuck off. We voted for you in in numbers that are similar to previous elections. They no, don't get me wrong. We typically vote Democratic, but yeah, no other demographic is as loyal to the Democratic Party as we are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, slave well, mentality. But like so, you said, you brought up the issue about George W. Bush when he first got elected with the Al Gore thing and the whole thing around the um. The, the, the same-sex marriage act, the thing that a lot of people did not realize, and we, I mean, and this is why I talk about those divisive things, divisive things. Um, a lot of states, the year that George Bush got elected, had amendments to protect mm. against gay marriage on the ballot, which brought out the conservative vote, and a lot of that yeah. conservative vote was black. Mm. So, yeah, it was. And they have supported the, the Republican no, no, no Party no doubt that, that, um, based on like I said, conservative views that some of our communities have. So mm. this time around... Exactly. They did realize that, okay, yeah, this man is just not somebody we can rightfully support in a lot of ways. But there were some people that did say, you know, because, you know, ideally there was no perfect candidate. And right. in the situation of, you know, Hillary yeah. versus. Because Donald Trump pretty much ran a campaign right. where he was like, fuck all minorities. You know, exactly. if he ran a probably a slightly tighter campaign, then he probably got more of the black vote. But it was just the fact that he was just like, yeah, if you're black, if you're Latino, if you're LGBTQ anything, if you're not white, if you're not male, and you're not straight, fuck you. Yeah. So if that's the case, then why did all those black people go over to him, especially the black churches? Lot. If that was the case, what you mean, like nine percent? What was it? What was the, the statistics? Um, yeah, it was nine percent of Democrats, but it was only eight percent of black people didn't vote for Hillary Clinton. Okay. It, so we don't know and what was the eight percent. What was those eight percent? Were those eight percent those people who don't believe in marriage equality, who don't believe in a lot of things that the Democrat uh, Dem- Democrats passed while President Obama was in office? No, those. Well, like, those, what was those eight percent. Those eight percent are independent and Republicans. Let's just be clear. There are black Republicans mm-hmm. in this world. <laughs> so, okay. Yeah. Well, it's not even really about that. And go ahead, go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say with that too, though, is I mean, we we have to realize that um, we've always had blacks, like you said, that voted along those lines, and it really is kind of like one. A lot of, I mean, not every black person is disenfranchised and not necessarily a part of that top one percent that will benefit from what he does. I mean, yeah. that's and let's be really clear mm-hmm. on that. So, I mean, and and a lot of that is that. I mean, you know, they were protecting their interests. And yeah. they're not about mm-hmm. the community as a whole, but their own personal agendas. So, mm-hmm. and yeah, every black person was like, well, yeah, he's going to discriminate against because, you know, we, we deal with, um, there's a such thing as black privilege as well as white privilege. And we don't talk about that all. Exactly. Well, I mean, it is interesting that, you know, when we talk about how Obama activated the black vote, you know, Hillary Clinton performed well amongst black people as a, uh, as Obama did, it wasn't the only reason that why we didn't come out. But uh, it wasn't our fault. The it's fear tactics—they <laughs> like, well, always use against he, us. That yeah, slavery shit. Some of his policies, he came in and he changed the field. Like he, like you said, he did universal health care with Obamacare. Mm-hmm. He, the whole marriage act. Like they do not like a lot of us 
than mm-hmm. I, the whole yeah. thing that he did. I mean, and this is not just new. This is historical. It's just like I tell people, like you said, know your history. Not every black person was marching kumbaya with Martin Luther King. Some people mm-hmm. called him a right. troublemaker. Some people was like, you need to shut up because we okay with the way things are. Mm-hmm. You coming down here, you causing trouble. So this mm-hmm. is nothing new. This yeah. is not something that just is happening. It's just like, oh well, why are we not all on the same page? So that's not that doesn't surprise me that some black folks voted for Trump because they're just like, well, Obama. I mean, because I know people now that are hollering, oh well, my health insurance went up, and they blame, oh, it was Obama. No, it's mm-hmm. not. Obama. It was actually Congress that took out provisions that would have made your health insurance mm-hmm. exactly. Not doing your research, so you mm-hmm. won't blame him because they call it Obamacare. But still, mm-hmm. you you not because in order just to get it passed, he had to make compromises, right. things like that. So you're not talking about the fact that, yes, your Congress has stalled things that have caused your taxes to go out. How many times did the government almost shut down under Obama? Yeah. yeah. Like, stupid stuff. Not Obama. almost shut down, but actually shut down. Right. <laughs> yeah, it did. They shut shut down, and it did. down about two or three days. I think they've, they've had a couple of threats of about three or four times. Right. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, but it's like, I mean, these are the things like when we talk about, you know, this is where. Everything that he did that was successful that did not turn out the way that necessarily everybody wanted it to, they wanted to blame him for it. So Obama could not do it. I mean, there are only certain things you can do through executive order. Right. Yeah, Mm -hmm. there were. He he did do a lot of executive orders. By the way, Trump said he's going to repeal all of them. But yeah. (laughs) You know, he's going to come in office and yeah, he's going to repeal this. He's going to do that. Yeah. And, And everybody's like, well, you know, but he, you know. And like I said, I mean, but it is, I would say this on a no, another note, it's going to be very interesting because although, yes, he has office, he still does not have support from the mainstream Republican right. you know, base. So, I mean, because, you know, the, the Bushes are still not supporting him in mm-hmm. this, and a lot I mean, the Bushes are the Kennedys of, of the, the Democratic Republican Party. I mean, right. when you have the Bushes that are not saying they're not actively involved in an election, that says something. And they that says a lot. Yeah. Cool. So I don't think it's going to be that, yeah, he's going to go in office and, yes, Congress is just going to love him and yay, 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 and everything's going to be wonderful. Now, some of them, yes, are going to use it to their advantage because it's like, oh, well, we have this idiot in power, so we're going to do that too. But it's like, even with me, my biggest concern, I will say honestly, mm. is his, I, I, outside of Trump, it's his vice president. I do not right. know. Yeah. That's Hence, what it is. Huh? Hence, it's more scary to me at times than Trump. Yeah. And I really feel like Trump in this position, I mean, you know, he's just, he's just going to basically be a shell. You know, um, he's going to be something that Pence and the, you know, the team that's surrounding him. Yeah. That, who, who are going to, they're going to mold him and kind of, you know, craft him a way to do what they want him to do. Um, but I was going to just add um, to what was being talked about earlier. Um, I think we also have to, you know, realize that there was a significant enough, a number of people who just didn't like Hillary, you know, and there was also significant other people who I think maybe even voted for Trump and, just out of spite, just to be rebellious, whatever, and didn't really believe he was going to actually win. Because I've seen a couple of those people actually speak up, like, you know, I voted for Trump, but I thought he was going to lose, you know? Um, <laughs> now they walk. I can't, I cannot, I cannot even. I'm serious, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's <laughs> like, this is, like, in the reality of it is, is that um, I think part of, Maybe the issue of turnout, like I said, was down. Um, I forget, like 30 million people who voted in 2012 didn't vote in this election. And some of that might have had to do with the fact that people felt that um, Clinton was a shoe in. And I think that was a mistake. I think yeah. it was a mistake 
that more people didn't run in the Democratic primary against Hillary Clinton? Because um, mm-hmm. I, I was having this conversation with someone like, you know, do you believe Bernie Sanders could have done better against um, Donald Trump in the general election? That remains to be seen. I'm, Man, I'm not sure so. People were I, I think he could have. It would have been a different election. And so, like, the numbers, we could say one thing or another. And that's a, that's a thing we'll never know, really. And I, well, see, the thing is... Uh, I, oh, go ahead. I was going to say, a lot of people did not turn out, though, too. I don't think... Some of it was accessible. <laughs> but like you said, all those people that turned out for Barack... Barack was, like you said, he was a likable, favorable candidate. Right. People just decided to sit at home because they didn't like either candidate. Right. So it was just like, screw this. I'm just not going to vote. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and the problem is, and again, the Democrats have to blame themselves for putting a damaged a, a damage, uh, product from the mm. beginning, knowing that the DNC got hacked and all this information came out how they changed the table so Bernie Sanders would lose. Mm. I was a fan of, of Bernie Sanders. Mm. But if he would have been the, the person nominated, I would have voted for him also. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. But the problem is when you have your own people assassinating your character, taking you out before you can even <laughs> put your propaganda out there, what the hell? Yeah, no, I think she was a flawed. Like, well, it's Hillary's turn. No, the country I... decides whose turn it is. Right. No, no doubt that um, Hillary Clinton was a flawed candidate. Like I, w- I voted for her enthusiastically. Mm-hmm. I did. Don't get me wrong. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah get to vote for Hillary. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it was she's a flawed candidate. Like seriously. Um, but and so we have to re. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm not saying I'm just saying we could have put forward a stronger candidate. Yeah, I, I get where and I understand completely exactly where all of you is coming from. My whole thing. Yeah. I mean, just in I mean, looking at like you said, weighing the flaws out, because you know, you have to do that. Good and bad here. That's in any situation. But yeah, one, the DNC, yeah, they, they did not do fair by Bernie, and I will mm-hmm. say that every day. But my thing was the thing about okay, then then turning around and supporting a candidate like Trump who is told Exactly. To hack into our systems, he mm-hmm. offended and, and made fun of, like you said, not just minorities but people with disabilities. Um, when you can engage, women, every, you make fun of everybody. Everyone. Yeah. But I mean, you are president. You are a presidential candidate that engages in a Twitter war with a former beauty <laughs> queen. Like really? Like you talk about? Dude, yeah. He was yeah. completely damaged, and people still supported still him. Exactly, that's and, true. And the other thing he was, said he could walk out there and shoot somebody in the middle of the street and wouldn't lose a vote. Exactly, yeah. and he and he proved it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. so it. and one thing with Hillary was, and the thing I got mad, and I will say this about a lot of people tried to associate Bill Clinton's sins with Hillary Clinton, and that yeah. was fair to her. And right. I think it has something to do with misogynist. And the fact that she married that man and he did what he did, oh, yeah. they impeached him and he went all that, but he was not running. Right. But exactly. he allowed them to keep bringing him up as a point of mm-hmm. weakness for her. And it, and she never said he's going to do anything in her cabinet, X, Y, Z, but they kept, he, even Donald kept bringing up, oh, her husband did this. Even when he had that debate, he had the debate, yeah. That had uh, him of uh, whatever. Don't, I mean, and I think. Oh. Bill yeah. was not running. It was Hillary Clinton. Right. We did not. And so you don't think that hurted her? Right. And that, that hurt her. 
because yeah. we, a lot of people were like, well, we don't want to vote for Bill Clinton again. You're not voting for fucking Hillary. Right. You're voting for Hillary Clinton. Right. That yeah. was where voter education. But then that goes back to what we've talked about before, why people are fascinated by shit like Housewives of New York, Housewives right. of Atlanta. Yeah, it's Mark. The same, they like drama. People yeah. just like it. They should drama. <laughs> oh, we're yeah. about to get the yeah, but, show. But, I'm just saying, yeah, but the real the real White House of DC. I mean, it's happening. Yeah, because it's gonna be crazy. Because look at Melania Trump. Look at Melania. She is a real housewife. Yeah. <laughs> Melania Jesus Trump Christ. is a real housewife. She's a real housewife. Look at her. She is a real housewife. <laughs> she is a real housewife of DC. You know what I'm saying? And so I'm pretty sure Bob is probably back on her door. She's like, yes, Donald Hunty, I would love to do this show for him. But well, her don't speak in English ass. Oh my god. Exactly. But to, but to echo what Jeff is saying though. Go ahead, Mark. Man. But to echo what Jeff is saying though, we you got that whole flawed um logic people keep putting on Hillary. I can't buy it because the Republicans had all these the 17 candidates. They hit all these, and they still sat there and put Donald Trump in the White House. Everybody who's been telling me all week, but here's the number saying that Bernie would have won if he had been bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Bernie would not have won because the white, because the, the 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 Republicans and all those who thought that this was a joke, they felt like. No matter who you put in the damn Democratic seat, we're still going to put Trump in this White House. It was going to happen. Okay. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about another piece of hypocrisy here real quick. Mm. We're talking about Melania. We're going to see, <laughs> actually, it's going to be the first time that you're going to have a fe- first lady that everybody's seen every little bit of her. <laughs> but then they were complaining about Michelle Obama showing arms. But real quick, real quick on the whole Melania thing, because I don't got a problem with the fact that she's showing her pussy, her clit, her titty, (laughs) everything. It doesn't to me. That's that's whatever. That's whatever. I I mean, it's whatever. The issue I have with Melania is that she doesn't have a mind of her own. She doesn't have a voice of her own. You know, anytime you hear her speak, you can tell like Donald Trump is like at the side of her, or she's like, Did you see when they were voting? Yes. Bitch, did you feel that out right? Okay. Yes. <laughs> the whole thing with Melania. Like, I'm not gonna, you know, slut shame her or anything about what she's done in the past. It's like, what is she doing now? Which is nothing. She, well, she. And the thing of this, you can tell me. Hold on. Slut shaming her. It's about going to be talking about cyber bullying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was the that was the thing I wanted to bring up about Melania, and this was uh, something someone said. It was a joke, but it's the truth. <laughs> She said, if you, you know, her, her issue as first lady is going to be ending bullying, you know, online. Yeah. She said, if you really wanted to end bullying online, the first thing you would do is take away your husband's Twitter account. (laughs) That would be the best way to stop. You know, the first thing you should do is like, I took his iPhone and smashed it. (laughs) You can tell, listen, like when, when um, Trump and Melania, you know, took the tour of the White House, you know, and all that jazz. Yeah. yeah. The look on Melania's face, I mean, the look on Melania's face the entire time during this campaign, you can tell that she did not sign up for this. She She signed up for Red Sugar Daddy to get good, good coin. Not none of this shit, you know what I'm saying? So, I mean, you can tell, like, I mean, the same goes with Trump. Even when you look at Trump now, I mean, I think even during his campaign, he didn't believe he was gonna win this election. Not seriously, you know what I'm saying? But now he's in this position, like he's stuck. You know what I'm saying? So 
But yeah, I mean, that's my whole thing with Melania. Melania doesn't have a mind of her own. She doesn't have any opinions of her own. I mean, she's just a vessel. And I mean... And and now she's going to be mad that she has to move into government housing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Is this where the servants live? (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. Where is Moose and Squirrel? (laughs) (laughs) Toilet? Oh my God. Well, did y'all see the meme? Did y'all see the meme with them saying that you know all she wanted was a sugar daddy, but she ended up being the first lady of the United States of America? That's <laughs> <laughs> so crazy about it. It's true. Like, yeah. Please. Well, there there are two topics I want to bring up. We can do it in either order. I wanted to talk about the Colin Kaepernick video that was in the politics group, and I also want to go into talking about some of the history of um, presidential election. I think Ali was talking about a little bit of that, and get into what we might expect from a Trump presidency based in history. So do you want to do the um, Colin Kaepernick video, Mark? Because you saw it. I remember we talked about it a little bit. Um, we can. I just want to set it up first because there's a whole lot of updates that happened since that initial video went out. I don't know who interviewed Colin Kaepernick. All I know is the fool sat there had the audacity to tell people he didn't vote. That you already got the damn world against your ass as it is. And you got people with your whole Neil Link and shit like that. South Park to know the made of their episode about and everything like that. And you didn't wish the pinnacle. You got all eyes on you now. We already know your sports stats are sucking. That's why a lot of people feel that your ass is doing this shit just for publicity to keep your ass from getting kicked off the goddamn team. Oh my god! But that is, but that is, but that is hidden. That's that's another story, another day. But are you sure? Because you seem to do a lot of it right now. <laughs> no, because I had to get it together. Oh, but, but I'm just saying. I'm just saying. That's that's Tell how you I, really feel. I really don't care for him right now. But um, at first I did, but then he announced that he didn't vote. And Stephen A. Smith, who we've all drugged from here to Kingdom Come on several shit that he said himself, decided to take all the energy we put on him and drug Kaepernick from the 49er field all the way to the damn Eagles field. I mean, just just drug him. And I was all there for it. I was all there for it. I was not. Really? I was, I was not because I was, no, I was not, and here's why: because this has always been about, and I'm going to put one of your favorite people choices. This has always been about choices. I choose to stand. I choose to kneel. I choose to vote. I choose to not. Mm. And 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 that's Hello? what's missing here. But aren't we this, aren't you. we able to have opinions about people's choices? Like. I'm, th- I'm assessing their character. I'm just saying, you can assess someone's character based on their choices. If you chose to speak or something and they hurt somebody, or if they chose not to act and it hurt the country, which is what I see voting as, you chose not to help in this national struggle. Exactly. I have something. Hold on. Wait a minute. Hold up. Hold up. Because the whole thing of the matter is that when you choose, when you sit there to put yourself on a platform, that is all about changing the way things are here in America. You sat there, you're doing all this stuff to bring about change and everything that's going on. One of those things that you have to do to make change is to partake in your civil duty to vote. And I'm just and you, you do have it. the right not to vote as well. But if you don't vote, that's fine, Lonnie. That's fine. Lonnie, that's fine. free choice to vote as well. No, this is the thing, though. That, that's fine. That is fine. That is fine. Just because yeah, just a second. for us to have the right to vote. They had they die for us to have the right to vote if we choose to exercise no. that right to vote. 
No, no, no. No, 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 no. Just a second. Just a second, That's Mark. That's why Mark. they die for us to vote for, for Mark, that. I think I think Lonnie's right. You absolutely have those choices. And then we have the choice to clown your ass for the Thank choices you. to oblivion. Thank you. Yes. I'm just saying, Thank like, you. yeah, make your choice. Guess what? I got an opinion about it because your choice affects me. Yeah, okay. exactly. And then on top of that, the fact that if you're going to not vote, do not get yourself on a platform that is all about change. It is a misdirection. It's, a, it's not, a, not a misdirection. It's just a contradiction. The, the contradiction. It's a yeah. contradiction. You can't. It, you're in the same cycle. Yeah, we're gonna do this. Yeah, we're gonna do. I'm gonna teach all the kids like, don't go vote. Yeah, and that's the thing. Like, like what? How are you gonna make anything better? That's the thing. You can make that choice, but you take the consequences with the choice. If you're gonna, because I remember I had a friend who voted for Jill Stein, and you know he made a conscious choice not to tell anyone until after the election, and he kind of. No. <laughs> For one, he was in a red state. He lives here. And so I was just like, you know, it really didn't matter that much. He wasn't going to win Georgia anyway. But that's another thing. I mean, I, I applaud him for voting. And I, I do hire, I do put it in a hierarchy of people who voted for third party candidates versus not voting at all. Because this is the way I look at a third party um, vote. It's kind of like saying um, that public transportation put car companies out of business, you know, because. <sighs> Just because you have these other options, they're not the same kind of options. You have one option of people who can actually be president and other ones that are just not the same. <laughs> it's like riding the bus and driving the car are two different things. I'm just saying. <laughs> and, I, and I want to make it, make it known that I'm not saying that he doesn't have the right to just not to not do to vote because I got into this with Eric. I'm not saying he I'm not beating his ass up because he didn't vote. I'm beating his ass up because you are in a platform that requires you to vote. So you not voting goes against everything that you're trying to teach these kids. That's all I'm trying to say. I, I so, then you, so then you are beating him up because he didn't vote. No, I'm beating him up. No, that's, 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 that's what you just said. I'm owning that shit. No, what I'm saying okay. is that you can vote all day long, but if you're going to sit there and tell me that when you're going to do all this stuff for me and then you don't vote, it's like you're leading me I guess, a place and then say like go y'all go Mark is kind of using the concept that I, you know I talked about a little bit earlier is, is about you know holding our political leaders but even the leaders within our community accountable and I feel like yeah. a lot of people think since you know Colin has this platform as an NFL player since he has this national kind of like celebrity status is that you know a lot of people look up to him and you know and he can use that platform in a lot of different ways to empower our voices to do whatever but. On the flip side of that, though, um, you know, I, I work with some folks who work in different types of social justice movements, and they have a lot of doubts when it comes to the system in general, right. even with the voting process. Because they feel like even like a lot of folks feel like even if Hillary was, you know, elected and you know, the whole nine that we will still be dealing with issues and problems of black folks being murdered out in the streets left and right, trans women of color being murdered left and right, you know, all kinds of forms of discrimination. And also, just to add on to that, I feel like when you have a candidate like Hillary, which I think Hillary did an overall okay job, I feel that a large part why she didn't get a lot of support from various different communities is because it didn't really seem that she was being authentic or genuine when she was genuine. speaking to yeah. marginalized communities. You know what I'm saying? It seemed like she was speaking you know, down to them instead of, you know, meeting them at face level. And I feel that that kind of 
put people in his mindset that she's not really here for us. And it kind of took them out of feeling confident in the voting process. But personally, personally, and this is how I look at things, even if you didn't support Hillary, okay, I feel that there was more things at stake beyond Hillary becoming president. The reason why we wanted to put Hillary in that seat is so we could still have some type of voice within the political process, you know, so we can have a little bit more leeway in changing the system. I mean, we can still do it now, but our battle is going to be far more difficult because what we're dealing with is going to be an uphill battle where I feel like with Hillary, we we had momentum going with Obama. We could have built on that momentum. So my biggest issue, I don't want to say this is my issue, but I feel like with a lot of folks, I understand, like we all have our personal opinions and experiences dealing with the political system. On the door with Trump, you can't be allowed on the property. Yeah, exactly. So I feel like we all have our challenges believing in the political system or whatever. But I feel like you you have to balance the pros with the cons. And I feel Mm -hmm. like in this situation, there was far more to lose with Hillary not being elected versus Trump. You know, I feel like when you look at the longevity of things, when you look at what we're going to have to deal with now, it could have been avoided. And also with the Green Party supporters, they're you know, folks that I you know, hang with whatever, who supported Jill Stein, who voted for Jill Stein, who voted for Gary Johnson, even if, even though they knew they, they had no chance of winning. But even with the Green Party supporters, the third party candidate supporters or whatever, I feel like, for, for instance, with the Green Party, we could have, people could have still built on this whole Green Party movement, you know, built on, you know, breaking, you know, this these career politicians or whatever, while Hillary was still in office. I don't understand why it's this whole notion that we couldn't get anything done with Hillary getting elected. Like, it was like, if Hillary gets elected, we're gonna just be blocked, you know, from accomplishing anything, where yeah. now with Trump, we might just be prevented from, you know, making progress yeah. and on a more quicker pace. So, so my whole thing, I understand where people come from when they say, you know, they're not voting and, you know, and that's your choice, but I feel like you have to look at the, you have to just balance out the pros and the cons. You have to look at, the longevity of your decisions and your choices and how it's going to affect us, not just right now and the now, but beyond that, you know? So, yeah. Well, you know, well I would say like I, people definitely need to make the choices that they can live with the best. Mm-hmm. So let's just say from a personal standpoint, Colin Kaepernick could not live with his vote for Hillary Clinton. Like just morally speaking, yeah. like I would not sleep well at night voting for this woman if she won. Mm-hmm. You know, that's on you. But I'm just saying, like, and you should, you know, make those choices. And I, I, I do want to empower people to, to choose for themselves. Mm-hmm. Just don't tell me about it. Wow. <laughs> so, and expect me to still respect you. I'm just saying, yeah. because, because I'm saying you see the world in such a way that is so different from me that we can't fuck with each other. Because I think the last you know thing we need to do, um, especially within the black community, within any community that is battling a significant amount of oppression and discrimination, we don't need to tell people within our community to avoid using tools that we can use to liberate ourselves. You know, that's how I look at it. So like, we shouldn't yeah. be telling folks like, you know, your vote doesn't count. Cause that's what I grew up around. I, I grew up, yeah. you know, in a community, in an environment where I constantly heard that what's the point of voting? Cause the man is always gonna keep you down. So your vote won't really count at the end of the day. So you might as well just sit here and get on welfare. You know what I'm saying? That was the mentality in a lot of the spaces that I grew up in. And I feel like that's a mentality that still holds us back as a community, as a whole, collectively. So I feel like if you don't want to vote, that's fine. 
But for some folks, that may be one of the few options they have in their arsenal to make significant change. So don't discourage them. Don't tell them like your vote doesn't count or it doesn't matter because the system is always going to hold you back. Because this, my whole thing is if you don't have a solution, then stand aside. Because we had enough people telling us we can't accomplish it. That's my whole thing. Like, and not only that, he has a lot more influence than just his vote. You know, exactly. sometimes, yeah. but, but sometimes I, all of us have is just our vote. And but we, we, right. we have, oh, and like you said, this is what we talked about earlier about being educated and educating our community. One thing that we cannot do in this in this whole thing is, and I will say this, um, even being somebody that voted and I believe in voting in my civic duty, understanding that everybody does not understand that power still. We still right. get it, and that's where we need yeah. to say, okay, if people are not voting, we cannot become bullies just like this motherfucker that just got an office. First of all, that's first. So we need yeah. to be very, 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 very careful there. And yes, a lot of people do feel disenfranchised and disempowered, and they don't understand that a vote does mean something, and it can make a difference. And only one vote can swing certain things here or there. And that's where, because they do look at the system, and they do feel like, hell, I've been kicked the fuck down, regardless if Barack was in office, whether it was George Bush, whether it was whoever. Yes, my, I've, been my, I've had my ass kicked enough that I'm tired. So, no, I don't want to be involved in the process. The thing that we have to do and that now we have to do that we see that we have people that are saying this is that we have to go and then look at changing their minds. And doing that out of a standpoint of being angry and bullying is not going to work. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I was going to also, this, I don't know if anybody saw his Carpenter Kaepernick's response, his little no, clip he posted on his Instagram. He posted a clip of Malcolm X in an interview with Malcolm X was in an you know, are you telling people to not vote? And he said <laughs> something along. I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but pretty much Malcolm X said in the clip, like, no. Um, people, he, but he said that uh, until the black people are politically aware and are politically awoke, you know, then you could, you know, I, I'm thinking he said, pro, pro, I, I can't remember the clip. But I, was, I thought I was looking at the clip was like, that's it. That's your response. Because <laughs> they could be taken in so many, they were so I take out of context in so many ways. So I asked the person who posted the clip, I said, well, was that before or after the bullet of the ballot um, speech Malcolm X gave? And then he said, I don't know. I said, see, that's the problem. A lot of people, you could throw that out there, but your influence, with his influence, I was about to sit there and say, oh, that was a deep ass quote. And then I sit there and look at the influence or the context of when that was put in. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, yeah I was. I still feel like he, as a, a conversation starter, than a than an answer. Than well, a, and I was going to say, I mean, the thing we also need to realize is an uneducated voter or uninformed voter is just as informed as a person that mm-hmm. doesn't. That's as dangerous as somebody that does not vote. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And people that don't vote are dangerous. I'm just and, and also it, um, it, it becomes a thing of. Truly, like, okay, if somebody that was uninformed on what the issues really were and what was going on went into that poll just because somebody said, well, you need to get up and go vote, they could have voted and made some very serious mistakes. No. Put things right. up on the ballot even here in Georgia because there was a law that would have allowed the government to come in and basically take over schools that were failing. And a lot of people did not understand, like, the true bad side of what was going on with that. Now, I would just say like this, like, if Republicans are trying to suppress your vote, why are you helping them? Well, uh, that's the thing, though, just, but that's what I'm saying. We yeah. we have to get to a point where we are educating people on yeah. uh-huh. what what that is. Like, what is it that you say your vote doesn't count? And this the 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 systematic things that are going on in our communities that are having us feel like that. Because yes, we do have underrepresented voting, and with and more so our community than any other. Uh-huh. I mean, Hispanics vote at larger numbers than we do. 
Um, I mean, you know, definitely we know that the, 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 the popular and sense of Caucasians, I mean, other minorities even. I mean, mm-hmm. so it's like, okay, we know that systematically there are things that are going on in our communities that literally like, yeah, when like people saying, hell, I'm worried about getting shot, pulled over by the police, and you telling me I need to be worried about fucking voting. Mm-hmm. You need to explain to me how the two work together. Right. And yeah. we cannot, right. we cannot, right. it's, you know, because yeah, you have some people that are literally like, hell, I got to worry about, for the get, get, you know, voting, hell, if I go to the poll, I might get pulled over on my way to get shot or get mm-hmm. shot back. So these are very real fears and we cannot minimize those. Right. So if, and, and that's the thing, we cannot become like them. In that, mm-hmm. that's the one thing I told somebody. I said the one thing I refuse is I refuse to be bitter, angry, and one of these motherfuckers that's gonna run around here now and yeah, just think, okay, I get to be a, a, another angry black man that you know because okay, Donald Trump got an office because I know enough about my civic rights and so that I know that yeah, there's certain things that can be used to taper his ass off. So yeah. you know, we, we're gonna now play from a different playbook. Whereas we now with Hillary, we had one playbook. With another, one, we need to look mm-hmm. at the playbook. And we right. need to reevaluate what that looks like, but we yeah. do not need to be alienating one another. And we can't Absolutely. do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. One of the things I want to turn to, and um, I want to start with Ali on this, because we, we talked about this um, a little bit about taking <laughs> a historical perspective on elections and um, thinking about the patterns of electoral politics. Um, so one of the comparisons that people were making with um, with uh, Trump's, you know, election was that of Ronald Reagan, which I was like, you know, a little baby when he was elected. <laughs> I was like, I don't remember the the feeling of it at the time because, you know, a lot of people were talking about how, you know, dog whistle politics was born from the Reagan era. Um, I, I believe that he started his campaign at this um, at this uh, terrorist bombing in Alabama. Basically, it was what was it like an NAACP. Um, office that was firebombed or whatever. And it's sort of like a dog whistle of him starting his political campaign at this site, just saying like, you know, I'm not ignoring this and almost saying like, I'm on your side in a way that um, identified, I guess the way they, they put it in this, they, they call it white identity politics. It's, it's a watered down way of saying racist politics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. not saying that necessarily <laughs> racist, but just saying like, I'm a white guy, you're a white guy, vote for me. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know? Yeah. Um, only, um, you know, engaged in that. And I think Lee Atwater, who was his main political advisor, sort of acknowledged this later in his life, um, just saying um, that they wanted to say, like, uh, you know, we're the white party. You know, like, um, it, it, it wasn't well, as... He had started that when he was a governor in California. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they did hear yeah. It. You know, in this election, is basically the same thing they, they have done. He actually yeah. um, had basically stirred up the base of the white supremacists and many other um, organizations that were for white only. But not just that, he, he didn't only mobilize that group. Uh, he didn't even, at one point when he was uh, brought up, like, by the way, you know, that um, David Duke is. Uh, rooting for you. He didn't even say, I don't want that guy in my party. Right. He just said, yeah, he didn't okay, I, I denounce him, but I guess I denounce him. That's exactly <laughs> what he said. Basically, uh, he, I don't he, know. At any given point, right. he said, oh, I don't want him here. <laughs> so that, that yeah. basically gave rise to all this racist bullshit that is going on right now. And look, yeah. if so, that I think, actually happened, 
right after the election, if you look at your Facebook page, if you look basically anywhere, even a, a senator, um, oh God, I can't think of his name, Harry Reid, uh, mm. mentioned it on, on his uh, leaving statement. You need to take responsibility for this. You need to tell your people to back down. Mm. And he yeah. hasn't. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is the thing. Like, I think when people are making the comparisons between presidents, I think um, Ronald Reagan is a really good comparison for another reason, which is yeah. um, his lack of experience. I mean, um, Donald Trump is literally the first street to have never held political office before well, becoming president but or, or military experience. was the governor of California. He did have California. Yeah, he, he didn't go every, from being, yeah. Every president before has had either military experience or uh, governing experience. He's had neither. No. Because yeah, I should say there were, there were, yeah. There were like military generals. Well, and if our constitution yeah, wasn't written the way it was, I mean, we probably would be looking at an Arnold Schwarzenegger. Going <laughs> to finish right. So, I mean, because yeah, he's but, of California, true. but he can't run because he wasn't a legalized. He wasn't born here. So, mm -hmm. I mean, right, right. You know, I mean, and he did a lot of things in California. I mean, that really a lot of people were very mad at because he ran on a platform saying, "I'm going to do this, this, and this, and I'm going to be so this." And then he got an office. And basically fucked everything. Yeah. So, Maria, get in the chopper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I can't. And they were talking about like how um, also like um, part of his identity politics had to do with NAFTA, free trade, right. and what was that? F what was it TTP? Yeah. And, a lot of people were. Obama didn't uh, rotorize, uh, rotorize, uh one of those treaties. It was actually Bush. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, he blamed it on Obama, and, it's true. And, and, and nobody, the media, didn't correct them out on it, which is another problem, another reason why he got elected. The media didn't yeah. do the job. Yeah, the media takes more responsibility. You know yeah. what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say this because what we have done is merge the media with journalism. Mm. Yeah, and it's not the media that failed us. It was journalism. Journalism that failed us. Very mm. true. Mm. I stand corrected. Mm. Yeah, the journalism lack of on all points. Journalism who became um, talk, who became talking heads. Mm -hmm. You know, for this whole thing, the whole novelty of it will get people to watch our show because right. of radio. You know, and it's not becoming the Trump show. I'm not gonna say this was funny or humorous, but yeah. like. Seeing all the major, you know, news networks and news shows during election night. So like know, CNN right? and NBC and MSNBC, you had all these, you know, political, um, you know, uh, analysis. Hey. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and, and these are professionals. And, you know, you could see that on mostly outside of maybe Fox News. I didn't watch Fox News at all during election night. But pretty much most of the other major news networks, you could see that they were kind of like, you know, giving this little, I don't know, like tongue-in-cheek type of laugh, feeling, I think they all felt confident that Hillary was going to win, right? And then when the numbers start, you know, coming in, you can see, like, their 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 entire demeanor change. And I think it also kind of sunk in, because I, I kept seeing that they kept on saying, like, how does this happen? Like, how did it happen? You know, none of the, the polls show this, none of the, you know, the, the, you know, none of the numbers show this or whatever. But you can kind of see that at that moment, this whole fiasco of you know turning this whole it became, it became very real. It wasn't just this entertaining reality show just to get ratings. Like 
this is what we're going to have to be dealing with for the next four years. And it, you can see that it's sunk in with a lot of these major news networks and their commentators or whatnot. Um, so, yeah, I feel like the panic went across their faces. You can see the panic. I mean, you because I, I don't know. I think I was watching yeah. MSNBC and it was just like they were just like. Just stank face. I don't even know what you want to call it. Like, to me, Van Jones. Huh? Since you mentioned MSNBC, I want to take a moment since I'm talking about journalism versus the media mm-hmm. to ask the question: How is Brian Williams still on the news? Well, you know what? It's so true. I was like, wait, so discrediting. Yeah, yeah, Xavier. You were saying something before, I guess, about Van Jones or Van Jones has gotten on there twice, and he did a third thing on Facebook. But he has gotten on there. He's really said what needed to be said, and mm-hmm. a lot of this is one yeah. that you know people are terrified right now, and that explains the marching. He says, and they have the right to be terrified because of everything Trump has said in his campaign, mm-hmm. and not just yeah. what he has said in his campaign, but what his what. <laughs> His particular constituents have started People to do since he won, mm-hmm. yep. and he also talked about the fact that the fact that the polls were wrong and the fact that we all got this so horribly wrong doesn't mean that we didn't know what we were doing. It means that this is America speaking out yeah. for what they truly felt about Obama being president. Right. He called it a white lash, and he shut those report. He shut those white reporters the hell up. Yeah. And he basically told them, you're not going to talk over me. You're going to listen to what I got to say. And that's the end of it, because mm-hmm. you all need to hear this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was the only one on any of the panels that made any kind of sense yeah. uh, whatsoever. And I noticed on, the, I guess he was on CNN, and I noticed that um, Republicans was sort of taunting him they at were. one point during the broadcast. He was like, uh, you know, say I'm right again, or something mm-hmm. like we won. He, you know, there was like this clear like yeah taunting him to uh because he's literally the only person on there with a, a, a liberal point of view or expressing it even though there were plenty of like democratic operatives who you know former um his name the one who ran obama's campaign was on the panel as well yeah. and so it's not like there were people who yeah, he um it's cold the entire time you know i mean he did he schools them all the time. exactly yeah he does. But this is the thing I was saying is that, they, you know, there are things that Trump has said or campaigned on that directly affect, you know, journalism in general. Like part of his campaign shtick was uh, taunting television reporters, especially like whenever he had a um, rally, you know, he, he pointed to the press pool and named they, people by name. Yeah, and blame him and have them yelling at him. As a matter of fact, right now on the riots, he's blaming the media. He did. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, blaming the media for for the riots and for the marches. Another thing he did do also during a couple of uh, events, he actually denied um, access to the Washington Post because they were not pro-Trump, and that's clearly infringing on. You know, one of the Bill of Rights, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, no yeah, one, and and so it's no one said anything. Yeah, it was just, and no one. Yeah, it was so weird. Like Van Jones might have been the only person on any of these panels who actually had an opinion about that. You know, mm-hmm. most of them were just kind of like keeping it to themselves because they figured Hillary Clinton was going to win. I thought, you know, and as they slowly... go ahead, yeah, go ahead. I mean, no, I mean, what well, I'll just want to say real quick, like. What kind of threw me aback, you know, considering, you know, Trump was speaking to the heart 
of Republicans in rural America or whatever. I thought when he um, started his beef with Megyn Kelly and Fox mm-hmm. News in general, that that was going to have some type of like effect on his mm-hmm. campaign, but it didn't. And I mean, he was, I mean, most of his, uh, I guess you could say, reads on Megyn Kelly, Megyn Kelly were like clearly misogynistic and sexist. But still, it was like, you know, Fox News has been basically the voice of the, you know, right wing extremists, of the, you know, hardcore conservatives. And he went after them, you know. So, you know, when someone brought up, um, I guess you could say like a, a theory of why all these scandals and all of this craziness that was going taking place during the Trump campaign, like why it didn't stick. And they were basically saying that Trump had so much just shit, like just happening within his campaign, within his personal life, within his business, where it got to a point where I think just the American audience became numb to it. You know what I'm saying? If that makes any sense. Like it was like so much every day, like every single day it was something else about Trump. Something else he says, someone caught him saying this, that or whatever to the point where I guess people expected it and and they just brushed it off. Like they had a lower standard. They had a lower standard, I guess. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. They didn't expect him to have actual results or actual policies. Minus say a wall or banning Muslims or yeah. some other and, bullshit. And again, that it would... goes back to not knowing how your government works, right? Yeah, mm. and yeah, and there was that also that other um, that factor you're saying, like he brought ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of like a love hate thing. It was like they love talking about him like, because it, like we call, you know, it brought them attention. But then <laughs> they then personally are going to suffer from his. Oh presence. yeah, definitely. Like those so, debates, um, those debates were like prime time, <laughs> you know, just I don't want to call it entertainment, but it, it, it felt like, you know, I mean, the whole campaign felt like this whole election season felt like a reality show. But the debates, yeah, yeah. Felt like seeing SNL, <laughs> their little skits or whatever, it was like they didn't have to write anything. They were just Mm-mm. basically, you know, going work from where we were from what took place during the debates. You know, that's crazy, you know. And this is gonna be lit from the next four years, yeah. oh starting God. tonight. Actually, which <laughs> I'm gonna propose. Maybe we need to have a live hangout and all of us watch the um tonight. Tonight, it's gonna be crazy. <laughs> but um, Jawan has yeah. been um chiming in and Chad Ross. I want to get some of his stuff out. He says, "I'm not afraid because I wasn't taught to fear the this system. As long as I stay knowledgeable, I can persevere just like everyone else of like minds." He said, you also can't assess someone's character based on the decision to vote. You have to best the opinions with that notion. When you choose to clown someone based on the decision, that shows your character indefinitely, which people do not do. Nobody holds these damn cool celebrities to a standard. Our normal, a normal person wouldn't get away with the fifth of the foolishness they commit. Um, so man, at the TPP, it didn't make no sense. And journalism screwed up the way we gain facts, information, and truth. I get my knowledge mm-hmm. from YouTube and cable. TV sound like they don't play by their own rules. This election was nothing but period of time. No need to sugarcoat it. Hell, they gave y'all a twist at the end. Like I said, it felt like a, it really did feel like American Horror Story. It felt like American Horror Story. Yes, yes. yes. I was going to say your boy uh, 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 from House of Cars. What's the you know Frank, Frank Underwood. Underwood? Frank Underwood. But what's Poppy? the actor's name? Kevin Spacey. Oh, Kevin, uh, Spacey. Kevin Spacey. Yeah. Yeah, like, I feel like, <laughs> I mean, I'm pretty sure they're already deep in filming this new season or whatever, but this shit was like, <laughs> I don't know, it felt like, I don't know, like, just, uh, I, 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 not even a season of House of Cards, but just like, 
it, it felt like like it felt like you said like a, a television show. You know what I'm saying? Like was, I, was, I was in Scandal for real. Yeah, it was like Scandal for real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. So I guess another thing, like historical perspective, um, I was actually, I think I was talking to you, Chris, about the fact that, you know, the president, you know, a president can't actually be brought up on criminal charges. It actually goes the other way around. Mm -hmm. Um, Trump is known to be a litigious person. He sues people all the time because it turns out like the president can't sue people either. I didn't know it went kind of both ways. Oh, you can't sue the president and the president can't sue people unless you, the only way, the only mechanism for allowing that to happen is if you're impeached. Oh, wow. Similar trial or whatever, you bring charges. Um, you don't actually have to be removed from office for those charges to go forth. But mm. basically, the Congress has to prove of you being brought up on criminal charges. So um, the, the, the idea is, you know, to protect the presidency. You know, you don't want people just, you know, suing the president willy-nilly and all that kind of shit. But the way our current political system is, I can't see the Republicans ever impeaching Donald Trump, even if he is guilty of some shit. You know what I'm saying? Like they will rally around his ass. So it's kind of like, yeah, so what if, you know, someone accuses him of rape, which they are, and you know, they're torn up through the courts. Be like, well, you know, shit ain't going down. Well, that is already starting to happen. If you look mm. at uh, the case with uh, Trump University, they already mm-hmm. um, talked about getting it out of, out of the court and settling it. So it's not going to be a case anymore. That's the first one. The other one that's supposed to be happening uh, in right before his um, inauguration, I think, is January 11 or something like that. It's supposed to be the, the case of the um, uh, the girl that supposedly he raped when she was 13-year-old. Yeah. yeah. So that's never going to see a day occurred. Nope. That, no. I don't see that happening. Uh, so he's basically going to be protected. Once, once he becomes a president, that's it. Yeah. He has, there's no option unless he does something completely out of left field he's going to be protected for the next i year. don't think i don't think that anything like that existed anymore. exactly mm. there is such a thing as something that is completely you know just out of that he could do that would be too much yeah. So basically, right. what we have to do yeah. is we have to suck it up. He is the president, starting on the twentieth of uh, January, and we have to rally ourselves as good old um, the, the good old resistance. And every time that there's something that is against our values, against our best interests, mm-hmm. we need to rally together in March. Mm-hmm. Yeah, part of this like rallying. You know, part of this rallying and coming back forward, um, you know, obviously in the uh, 2018 midterms, you know, trying to deny him a Congress, because that was one of the things I was going to say is that we need to get Congress back quick because of the Supreme Court, because of things like impeachment, of things like enforcing its laws, you know, Mm -hmm. all of those things are are, are on the president. Um, when When you talk about like, a crime, you're talking about police shootings and so forth. You know, the justice, we, 
we always bitch about how President Obama didn't do shit about police brutality. Uh-huh. But at least he actually got the federal government to do an investigation. Right. When do you see Trump being like, you know, motherfucker? Trump, he's already saying he's a law and <laughs> president. He's you know, and that's another thing. Yeah. 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 Thing like you're gonna appreciate that. You're gonna appreciate that shit. And I'm gonna feel a little bit of schadenfreude for those people who criticize him. I'm gonna be like, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be hurting too, but I'm gonna I'm gonna get a little pleasure from your uh, fucking outrage because you uh, had anyway. It's been rumored but, that he is going to uh, put Rudy Giuliani, you know, on oh, his counsel. Yeah, and Rudy, yeah. And, and you know, having lived here in New York for a while, I've gotten to hear stories about Rudy Giuliani as a mayor yeah. and what that meant for people of color. Um, yeah. Yeah, that, you know, it is. Were, the, were the streets safe? Yes, they were for white people, <laughs> but for brown folks, not so much. Yeah, yeah. Rudy, Jr. yeah, there's the, there's the, and Chris Christie in the same cap. Go ahead, I'm sorry. And Sarah Palin. Oh God, Sarah Palin's being better. Yeah. I forgot about her. But and Ben yeah. Carson, talking about so. Yeah, Ben Carson is too. He's on he's on their transition team. So, um, but this is the thing I would say um, about you know some of the backlash. Um, or the white backlash. I think I'm going back to Van Jones thing, the white lash. Uh, are we going to have to try to, because I, I know Lonnie and I, we've had this conversation a few times, um, appeasing white voters or white constituencies, because it's clear that Republicans can just appeal to white voters and ignore black and win. So as a, as, as a voting coalition, is it our responsibility to, to try to peel off some of those working white class voters who voted? The ones who are willing to listen, the ones who actually yeah. use logic and common sense, because some of them you can't even talk to. You, right. can, you can talk all about the issues and the problems. I just not going to work out for you either. And they're still like, you know, get your coon face out of my sight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like some of them you really just yeah. can't talk to at all. You know, that's how right. deep seated their hatred and their bigotry is, you know? Mm-hmm. So the ones who are willing to yeah. listen. Or, or they're ignorant. Or did he, or, yeah. you know? Oh, I didn't think the crab driver was racist. Right. <laughs> he was just, he was a common, everyday working white American living in New York. Because that's but the thing, like, who, who thought that Trump had turned a million dollars into a $10 million empire. <laughs> and, you know, if he did that, then he's great for the country. Right. And, yeah. and the thing of it is, I feel I like I'm not going to, if I have a conversation with someone who's a Trump supporter, who's a white or whatever, I'm not, I'm not going to shun away from um, discussing my issues as a black gay man. I'm not going to try to hide away from who I am to make them feel more comfortable, you know, you take me as yeah. I am. Now I can be respectful, oh. and I can respect your viewpoint, but don't. That's the thing because you bring up race, it's like, oh, they want to hear about that. It's not about race. It's not a race issue. Like this country is built off of that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but you can't. You can't even if you can't even acknowledge that. Then what type of conversation we want to actually? Then we got nowhere to go from. Right. You know, at least when I brought that up to the cab driver. You know, I was like, well, you know, what about what he says about, you know, the gays and blacks? And, and his response to me was, well, yeah, there is that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, but it don't affect him. So, you know, right. stuff, but that don't necessarily make him racist. Mm, yeah. Well, and I think, like you said, I mean, the one thing I say is moving forward, I think one is, like you said, we, we, we have to 
not be afraid to embrace those that necessarily don't think or, or like I said, those un un voters that did not understand what putting him in office meant. One. Two, um, yeah. like I said, when we talk about things like the Electoral College, when we talk about the Senate, when we talk about stuff like this, we need to start advocating and making coalitions and making changes, making moves to make these changes now so that this won't happen again. Right. Because history repeats itself again. It will be because we did not act. And right now, yeah. everybody's all in the yeah, I was gonna... and we all mad. But a couple of months from now, everybody's just going to kind of like, well, status quo for some people. Oh, well, it just is what it is. No. If you're mad now, you need to stay mad. Yeah. Changes are mad. And we yeah. need to go and we need to start advocating and making some real changes and make some alliances. Yeah. Because I think some alliances can be made. Because, I mean, I work with, I mean, a bunch of, I mean, I work in, a, in an institution that is mostly white female graduate students, and all of them are running around saying the same thing we are. How mm -hmm. the hell did this happen? Mm -hmm. And these are, yeah. you know, and they sisters, and they sisters voted for them. A lot of them don't talk about that having parents that literally were on the fence because they had always been Republicans. Yeah. But I mean, these are young voters that are now out there saying, because even they were saying before we were even some of us were saying that. Well, how in the hell is he making references about people like the, like you know, oh black people are gonna love me like we're like a, a, a breed of puppies or something. I mean <laughs> for people that the blacks. I love that too. I like, I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. We he did have his, he did have his African American over there. There are <laughs> there are educated people that don't necessarily look like us but understand our issues because yeah. working in public health and I mean like I work at a university and like I said, we have had like they, the president of the university of Emory University had to send out a mass email. You had professors breaking down crying in front of classes after this. Yeah. It yeah. has been one of, like, this has been one of the most divisive. I mean, it's not necessarily the campus that's divided, but like, literally, like, you have Jewish professors that are talking about experiences like what their mm -hmm. parents went through during the Holocaust and how that mm -hmm. feels compared to this. And, 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 and that's basically the way that I feel. Yeah. Um, I've seen, and I've been talking about this for a while, and I have talked to, to Malcolm, send them pictures. When I went to the 9 11 memorial, I saw a glimpse of this from the beginning. And I told Ricky, Ricky, this is gonna be a horrible election because we're at the memorial and here is a big four by four with a truck sign uh, on front, a metal sign on front. Waving in the back, there's a Confederate flag, a Tea Party flag and a Nazi flag oh, in the back. Wow. And then there were like 300 to 400 bikers with the Confederate and Nazi flags just displayed right in front of everybody. This yeah. is a the nine nine memorial, uh, a 9/11 memorial in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. And I told Ricky, Ricky, this is not this is not for anyone to sit out and think that this guy is gonna be good for this country. The yeah. reason why I'm so against it is because I see, I see all the evil that has come from this, mm -hmm. and people are like, "Oh, it's nothing. Nothing is going on." It's like, excuse me, hate has become an everyday thing. Used to be something that was hidden underneath a rock. Now that the rocks have been turned over, 
and they have come out and they're like proud to show that they're you allowed even, to you ain't even gotta wear your hood to say whatever they want. <laughs> you ain't even gotta wear your hood that day. You can yeah, be fashionable with your racism now. You know, you can switch it up a little bit. You know, that's right. <laughs> they yeah. stopped wearing the hoods a long time ago, and a lot of those other ones that are sitting in these elected positions that in, in these different states that are traditionally red that helped get him in. And yeah, as politicians, they know how to tell those politically correct lines. This is where, like I said, we got to start. They are coming out for it. We need to come out and for it. And, yeah, and we need um, one of the one know. of the things I was gonna um, let's say is that I'm hearing an echo. I'm yeah. not sure if um, where that's coming from, but um, I was gonna say on Ali's point, um, you know, the racists are out. You know, and I'm, I'm definitely seeing it. Like they're feeling emboldened. Um, they've, and it, let's say the reality is they've never had, uh, at least in modern history, such a candidate that's on their side. I mean, let's just be clear, like, um, just as much as black people are excited about Obama, the racists are gonna be excited about Donald Trump. But that's not the only people who voted for him, right? Like I said, right. um, Obama won quite a bit of many of the, at least 10% of the voters that voted for Donald Trump. Otter Peel, he definitely was able to speak to white working class voters, those who you know, we might mock as saying like they voted for Obama to alleviate their white guilt about racism, which I'm sure is, you know, a factor in there at some point. But it's like, yeah, we did what we needed to do. Um, and now we don't have to do anything. Racism's over. <laughs> <laughs> right. right. You also have to keep in context the fact that these, these mm. prejudiced people that we're talking about, the flags and the swastikas and all that, Keep this in context. That's their right. They have a right yeah. to show that, to bear that, to represent that. So yeah. when we start talking about what people's rights are, you have the right to not to vote, and you have the right to do this and the right to do that, let's talk about what their rights are. They have the right to be bigots. They truly do. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And they're a part of our process. They're a part of our electoral... Like, they're going to go away. I Like I said, we got to deal said. with them. Yeah, I'm always open. Like you have the right, you know, to you know, with the freedom of speech and to say what you want to say and dress how you want to dress. But just understand that even with those freedoms, there comes consequences, you know. And you know, folks don't want to always acknowledge those consequences. It's like I can say and do whatever I want to do, and I don't have to deal with any repercussions from that. And that's not the case. So, yeah, I mean, if you want to walk up, you know, in Detroit, you know, in a black neighborhood. With a swastika and a hood on, you could try it. You know what I'm saying? But when you get your ass whooped, <laughs> you know you can't be mad about it. I mean, it's just yeah. you have to be aware. Like, I mean, that's another thing too. With a lot of these hardcore right wing, well, I say right wing, these just straight up racist people that still live within our society, still live within our country, they have to realize times have changed. And I mean, by that I mean diversity exists. We have people of different religions, of different cultures, of different beliefs, sexualities, gender identities. That whole just keeping it white and right, that whole that, you know, you got to be Christian and this and that to, to be a true American, that's outdated. That's an outdated belief. That's an outdated system. That's an outdated view of society. So it's like, we got to give it the time. It's like, because it's not going to change. Like, what is the statistics already? Go ahead, Lonnie. I thought I heard a lot of saying something, but no, like, 
I think the, the statistics have shown, like, what is it by the year 2040 or the year 2050? Uh, what will it, I think it's the white population won't be, wait, yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, the white population won't be the majority in the country anymore? Or? Yeah. Okay. In voting age. It's right now, like I was saying, um, the actual demographics of people born in the past two years mm-hmm. is that the majority of people born and who have immigrated to the United States are non-white. So we already have a, a demographic shift. We just have to wait for them to age into yeah. voting age. So, you know, it has to, you know, be like 20 years from now or so, whatever. Um, and for, like and for said, the wider generations to die off. Well, and I was say, Malcolm said, even though they're saying, okay, people that voted for Trump voted for. Um, Ali, I might have to mute you for a second because it's. I think we're getting it. So, the, it might um, be mine. Yes, okay. I think so. All right. Yeah, if you can mute yourself, and I'll I'll make sure to call on you when we talk. Okay, go ahead. But I was going to say, you made a, a point, though, too, that 9% of the people that voted for Trump, that voted for Obama, they also voted for Trump. But we also made a point that 30 million people did not vote that voted during that election. Mm-hmm. And that's right. significant. 30 million a- people could have shifted this election in a number of different ways. So we need to be getting and understanding why they voted at that point and decided not to vote at this point. Mm. And that's yeah. where then we will talk about seeing shifts in how, like we talk about congressional elections and things that are coming up. We need to galvanize those 30 million people and we need to figure out how. Right. Well, this is the thing I would say that is that the Republican strategy of obstructionism worked with Obama, because I think there were a lot of people who were excited about Obama's presidency, who after eight years, he wasn't able to get anything done, weren't fault it was that it didn't work they're just like politics is bullshit i voted for change i didn't get change i'm staying my ass home mm-hmm. about it, who was at fault and i think this is like probably a small portion of the voter mm-hmm. turnout but um i don't know if you've seen comments from like people like david banner and i've spoke to other people where they actually feel that by having a trump presidency can benefit um you know the movement you know, whatever the movie consists of. So they feel like, because there's this, I guess, ideology or theory with some folks that by having Trump as president and dealing with, you know, this, I don't know, this, 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 this force of discrimination and our rights being, you know, maybe stripped away, that it would encourage more people, encourage more people within communities of color, within more minority communities to be more vocal and to be more involved in the process. So for some folks, they believe that, hey, you know, the whole Obama, you know, eight year term, you know, got folks too comfortable in that we need some fire lit on our ass to get us moving. I don't believe that. But I know like yeah. David Banner, he made a post like the, the, the Trump being elected as president could be the best thing to happen for well, the black community. You know, so that's one there, theory. I think there is some evidence to support that theory. I'm not saying that I definitely supported it, but I think the opposite is true for Obama. Like Obama definitely activated the white nationalist, white identity politics. So, I mean, if Obama activated it for white people, couldn't, you know, the inverse be said that Trump would do it for black people? And I think, mm-hmm. yeah. But, um, at what, but at what price? Okay. So let me price, tell you yeah. the evidence. Yeah. Let me tell you the evidence as to why this is that he activated. the white. I mean, we can see it, but, you know, there were basically some polls, I think Quinnipiac or whatever, one of these polling organizations, Ask people what the you know racial tone or 
mood of the country is over time, you know. And, you know, it may have absolutely nothing to do with Obama. It might have everything to do with, like, Black Lives Matter and, you know, all of that. And, you know, maybe completely unconnected. But basically, before Obama became president, it was something like 13% of people tensions in America. And after his, you know, after his presidency, I can't remember, like, sometime this year, it was around 40%. So you saw, mm-hmm. you know, a two and a half times fold awareness of race being a problem in the United States. It should also be noted that the number of people who said that race was a problem was around the same as you know black people. <laughs> so like pretty much every black person said yes. And then like a few people said that. Mm-hmm. But anyway, awareness of race being an issue was raised around the same time that Obama became president. And I think a lot of white, you know, people in the, you know, heartland or wherever you say, like we're not paying attention the race finally got this shit smacked in their face mm-hmm. and were kind of resentful to say like racist like well that person's just like me mm-hmm. so you're basically saying i'm racist too and completely rejecting that it's just like i'm not with them mm-hmm. you know um but then another reaction that people might have is saying well if you're saying i'm a racist i'm going to show you what racist is and vote for trump <laughs> like, mm-hmm. you already yeah. think i'm racist anyway so well mm-hmm. Do it. Uh, <laughs> I don't give a shit. I don't know. That's something. I don't know. I think that I'm gonna say what the David Banner thing because I read what he said. I'm like, um, but have we already experienced that? You would think that once it's like, why would you want to go through that again to get that idea? You know what I'm saying? So y'all grandparents and are um, you know people who came before has already been through all this. So why would you want to go another four years? I guess I guess in his mind he's saying that. We're disconnected because we want them, and so we have to experience it to give where they're coming from. And and, and also, you know, yeah, and I, and I get it. I don't agree. I'm so, hold on. I'm sorry. For, I don't. I don't agree with that. Mm-hmm. And here's why. I know too many young Jewish people mm-hmm. that can break out into a story about the Holocaust mm-hmm. like they were there. Yeah. Well, then I agree with so you. That's what I'm not, saying. So it's not. Yeah. So it's not about not understanding it mm-hmm. goes back to what i said repeatedly about black people and slavery it is about us treating it like we were rape victims and we did something wrong and now we don't want to talk about it mm-hmm. yeah i mean i agree about the vote. black people still came out and voted for clinton it should yeah. be noted that right like, yeah Overall voting was down, so it, was, it wasn't just black people who were, went to sleep. It was like, oh, I'm talking. I'm, I'm talking about experiences now. I'm not talking. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. I, I get what Derek was trying to say. I co what Derek saying. What I was trying to say was maybe that's what he was trying to get at, but I still don't buy it. Right. Because to me, what I got from that was like now maybe it's the best thing because now the radical, you know. I don't say the radical black people, but I'm saying the radical movements and stuff like that can probably step forward. See, we told y'all, now y'all got to get, you know, on, on, on track of what we trying to tell y'all and stuff like this so we can, you know, do this. I'm like, nah, that's not, no. I don't see it. Right. I don't see it. To me, it's too much of a risk and it's not really necessary. And I mean, even though I don't think our country is anywhere near in the same situation as a place like Syria or so many other countries in the Middle East, so many, you know, the, the thing of it is, though, you look around the world, you look, you look in so many other uh, nations where people are suffering daily, you know, and that suffering hasn't 
equated to them being able to free themselves or liberate themselves from the system. If the system is corrupt, mm. you know, they still have to battle against that. So I don't feel like that's the the best mindset to have in terms exactly. of pushing people forward. I mean, I get it. We don't have any other options. Okay, whatever. But we had other options available. You know what I'm saying? And to yeah. me, like that's kind of like something that like we had no other options available. Okay, we got to do what we got to do. You know, but. I think we could have still fought the system and, you know, and united together, regardless if Hillary became president or in this situation, Trump became president. To me, exactly. I don't feel like it takes us to suffer this immense amount of, you know, pain or whatever to realize what we need to do. You know? yeah. I think that's Xavier. I think you're getting oh. a noise on your end. Okay. But what do you, I'm just going to ask generally to the panel, like, are there any bright spots from this election? Because I think part of what um, Mark was getting at about, you know, people getting woke up because of Donald Trump, I'm going to try to at least rub it in people's faces who who said that Obama didn't make any changes <laughs> and say, oh, well, Obama wouldn't have done that. I'm just saying, like, hey, <laughs> I enjoy being right. And I enjoy telling them up how right I am. In this, no, because I still got to suffer. Because I still got to suffer through your wrong. That's true too. Yeah, exactly. That's a valid point. So you know, if I tell you you don't play with matches because you're gonna burn your house down, and you burn your house down, I'll stand there laughing. (laughs) But if I live with you and tell you you're gonna burn the motherfucking house down, the house burns down. That, telling you I was right, don't do me no fucking right. I know exactly. Yeah. But I, I tell you, yeah, that's that's yeah, a I good get, analogy. It is because we're all gonna fucking suffer, man. It's bad. Yeah. Um, I got two moments. I don't. I won't call them bright spots, but they were moments that brought me out of my funk. Maybe three, and then one of them Derek would get. Um, the Joe Biden Obama means when they came and met. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> so perfect. Because Uncle Joe, they're like, because I better have one when he got out the Air Force One. I'm taking the damn ball. He can take the play. I'm taking his goddamn jet. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, and, and then uh, the one like, um, he told Obama like, "Hey, Barack, I left a Kenyan passport in, his, in, in the drawer." Just for laughs, and the rock was like Joe, and then the rock, and then Joe like, and I left a uh, prayer of a man in his closet, you know, just just just, just to fuck with him. <laughs> like that. And the other thing is, and the second thing is, have anybody really just paid attention to his facial expressions and the fact that he's like backtracking on a lot of shit that he said he's going to do once he got the office? Yes. Yeah. And so it's like people are saying like. Yo, he really he really looks like he did not want to win. Like he didn't expect to win. Now that he's won, it's kind of like South Park this season. And last night where you did. Yeah. Mark gave the gas. It was like, yeah, we believe that. What's our hey, Caleb? What's our um, playing? Hell, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, we don't have a plan. Like I don't, I, I, I don't know what to do. So for the rest of the couple episodes, he's like, I gotta make sure Hillary wins. That's Donald Trump right now. And then the third thing was a quote that me and Derek know from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. The coming. Whistler. Heavy out here, Derek. You know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. He said the big times. Uh, I, I got to uh, dance for me when I find the quote. I had to sit there like I had to. Um, here it is. 
So what, are we helpless puppets? No, the big moments are going to come. You can't help it. It's what you do afterwards that counts. That's when you yeah. find out who you are. When I sat there and read it, because they, they dropped them quotes right after the election, and I was at the library, and I felt like a whole big like weight was lifted off my shoulders, and I said, I told everybody, folks think I'm playing, but Buffy always comes through in situations <laughs> like this. Yeah. And so when that, that quote hit me, I'm like, you know what? That's right. And so I just sat there and made it a point, because usually I'd be like, oh, everybody's supposed to come in here. I was like, look, Okay, you're black. You're clearly not. Uh, you're not understanding what's going on, and you're saying you don't know how to do this. I'm gonna make you learn how to do this. I'm gonna help you learn how to do this because maybe this will be the seed to plant down later on down the line for you to read information and understand what's real and what's not. So every time somebody was looking like they was trying to argue me, like, well, I know how to work the computer, but you gonna learn today, goddamn, <laughs> right. because this is the problem right now. So I, that's why I took from that. To me, that's a bright spot. So this yeah. my three bright spots right now. Yeah. Yeah. I can't say I can see a bright spot because there's a lot we didn't talk about. I mean, we haven't talked about what this means in relations to foreign policy and the fact that North Ooh, Korea yes. has put out a statement to say we're going to stay extremely well weaponized. And if you sneeze our direction, we will go into nuclear war with you all. Um, I didn't hear that. that. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, they have. There's been a lot of, you know, posturing with of war amongst a lot of countries as a result of this. The whole world was looking at this election and was absolutely the results of especially with Russia. Was... Exactly. So then, so we haven't even grazed that conversation. And then this is something that you all may not be privy to because this is something that just uniquely happened in Mississippi. But there was the leader of the KKK put out a letter, and they published the letter, and the letter was very well articulated. So he's not a dummy. He is not no. a Joe working class American. This man is educated. And you could tell by reading this letter. And one of the things that he talked about was he said the KKK has existed now better than we've ever existed. And he said the thing about us that's unique and different, though, is that we're not hanging people by trees and lynching people anymore. He said that, that only kills one or two people. He said, no, what we're doing now is we are your leaders. We are the business owners. We control the money in this country. We are in positions of true power. And at this point, we are going to, we're going to make a stand, and everyone's going to know when we do it. And he, he continues to go on to say that we control the country. You all just ain't figured it out yet. <laughs> yeah, there is that. That, um, that sort of slap in the face might wake some people up. Like, it might. Can you send us a copy of that? Please. Yeah, I'll get y'all that letter. It was published in the uh, in the local newspaper uh, there in Mississippi, and I mean, it was the most ominous shit you ever read in your life. <laughs> wow. Yeah, because it all rings true. Yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't read it myself, but yeah, and, and there were um, people who were waiting to get on talk shows uh, from white supremacist organizations uh, just to talk about white supremacy because the president, you know, was endorsed yeah. by him, and it's just like. You know, and they are much well organized, much more so, you know, um, em emboldened, obviously, you know, by what is happening in the election. So um, I don't know if that will, you know, have an equivalent backlash, you know, coming forward to further elections. But I think as every individual witnessing this, you need to at least make people aware of it and try not to turn away from the ugliness. You know? Yeah, I, I want to add something to that real quick. I was talking to a friend of mine, and, you know, um, like I said, again, I 
work with a lot of folks who work in different social justice movements. And, you know, in, in a lot of these social justice organizations, they speak openly about not endorsing any type of political candidates, you know, for several reasons. But one thing that I've noticed, and I think a lot of us noticed during Donald Trump's presidential campaign is that, you know, he had, well, he got an endorsements from uh, the NRA, um, the, I forgot what you call it, the, the police law enforcement union, I think it's the Brotherhood. Fraternal Brotherhood. Fraternal Brotherhood. The Fraternal Order. The Fraternal Order, and he got endorsed by the KKK. And my whole thing is is that, you know, going back to what has been said earlier, if we're going to really fight against, you know, white supremacy, if we're going to really fight against this Donald Trump era of presidency, we have to, like, unite together on every level, you know? Mm -hmm. And that means, you know, from the streets to political office. And I, I understand, you know, like a lot of, I don't think anyone on this panel, but I know there are some folks who may be listening who just, they don't trust politicians, they don't believe in the system and our government. But, you know, we live in a country that's ran by laws and policies, you know, and by certain politicians and power players. And we have to know how to play this game, you know? And it doesn't mean yeah. that we have to fall into these systems of oppression. But at the same time, we need to know what strategies to use to win. So, you know, like you can see Donald Trump didn't sit up there and like kind of brush off or push away any endorsements, especially from, you know, the NRA or the KKK. So my whole thing is that if we have, you know, political officials that we can believe in and trust in to some degree, let's try to work with them. Because the thing of it is that we're going to need them at the end of the day. You know, there's no I don't think there's no one path we could follow to really break down white supremacy. We're going to have to hit this shit from all fronts, from all angles, you know, and we're going to need all the, you know, <laughs> help we can get to be totally honest. So, so yeah. Yeah. And that was, you know, that was the thing I was trying to get out to people was that, um, you know, at, at the end of the day, please don't blame black people for not getting Hillary Clinton elected. It feels like a, <laughs> a final thing. I would say like the numbers right. just don't support that argument Right. that black people actually came out in the same percentages of the electorate um in 2012 as in 2016 it was just mm -hmm. that the entire electorate was suppressed mm -hmm. and when that happens you know fewer of us are going to come out um, well, you're using numbers and logic but again we are a country that believes in blaming someone um the the you know in 2008 the real estate bubble burst because no. too many poor people had these subprime mortgages that the banks approved. Now, we don't blame the banks for approving these mortgages that clearly these people couldn't afford. We blame the people. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, you know, uh, uh, um, people who get food stamps. I love that meme. You know, I work every day and my refrigerator looks like this. And, you know, this person's on food stamps and their refrigerator looks like this. Yeah, yeah. they get that money once a month. So the refrigerator probably does look like that because that's the one time a month they get to go shopping. But yeah, no, I think there is. There was a thing I think on NPR's Code Switch where they talked about the sort of right white resentment of black people getting stuff, and it's always at the the surface where you're talking about like welfare or social equality or things like that, which is like if you get some right, if you know, even if you're talking about like marriage equality or you know voting rights or something like that that somehow it is taking from me but that's even yeah, fucking stupid 
<laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just saying that we have to deal with that realization that um did you did you did any of you all see the story about the black guy who tried to help the white I was about to get the door again in the grocery store. She was like three dollars, four dollars short, and she didn't have no more yes. EBT card. So this guy, you know, decided to be gracious, be a nice guy, be an American, pay it forward. You know, and give her the full five dollars because she was trying to figure out what to put back. And she looked at him and she was like, "Yeah, uh, you don't support Trump, so you can't have it." Oh, wow. she sure the fuck did. She sure the fuck did. And that shit—that's what I was talking about. When you reading this, man, but now Malcolm, I was like, "That's still fucker," because there's a lot of folks out here, the ones who again. Uh, bitches about taking away jobs and shit like that and all this stuff. They're the ones on welfare. There's always been this meme that if you go to the damn welfare office, I don't see a lot of black people up in there. I see white people. Mm-hmm. Uh, for, for sure. I mean, what I'm saying is, is that they feel that get to someone else means they're not going to get any. Right. Us asking for a seat at the table means that we're going to ask them to leave. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They're somehow going at the to... End, yes, at the end of the day, there are many white dead. people that feel that if given the opportunity, people of color will treat them, then mm-hmm. will treat mm-hmm. white people the way white people have treated them. Mm-hmm. And that right. is the biggest fear that they have. Well, Maybe I think when you talk about the positive side of this, though, is I said, honestly, although, yes, we know Donald Trump galvanized this population, we all know at the end of the day, he's not going to do anything to help them. Mm-hmm. That's just the reality of it, and I think the great equalizer here, and like you said, looking at the positive note, is they really once he gets in office, is going to see that he really doesn't give a fuck about that. <laughs> so right. at some point, they're going to have to revisit this, the choice that they made, and they're going to have to reach across the aisle also, because they're going to be like, okay, you yeah, know, he's, 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 he's fucked up. Oh, we knew he was going to do that. You don't know he was going to fuck us. So well, let me ask you this though: like, if that's where to get in power, should we? Invoke the same sort of obstructionism that the Republicans did because to me, I feel not. like it worked. Oh, okay, when you say that they get enough, I mean, uh, and, I mean, it's, it's strategy. Do you think it worked? Because basically, after the first two years, Obama had, um, you know, the Congress, you know, he deal, still had to deal with uh, filibusters in the Senate, so it wasn't like it was easy to get things passed, it wasn't a, a filibuster proof majority, but he had a majority for two years and then it was shut down real quick. And I think from the get go, it was that Mitch McConnell said, you know, our one goal is to make Obama a one-term president. It was literally like, we have to, you know, make sure that he doesn't get reelection. I haven't really heard Democrats saying the same thing. Well, but I, was, <laughs> I mean, this is where like we talk about, we, we Democrats don't have kumbaya moments either, and that's the other part. Like we talk about these Democrats that we're sending to the to Congress and to the Senate because they helped take a lot of the teeth out of the Affordable Care Act. They yeah. made him compromise on things that he had enough votes to support, but they were too scared and chicken shit to stand up. Yeah, you know, yeah. we need to stop these people to office and say, okay, if you're going to go and truly want our vote, then yeah, you need to make sure you're going to fight for our rights. Exactly. To answer uh, Malcolm's um, question, uh, right now there's actually a movement trying to get people to gather around President Trump and help him out and not show any resentment when actually that's exactly what they did with Obama. So it's kind of hypocritical. 
It is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I, I you hate know um, they're gonna be going like, oh, but but we tried to help Obama every way, every every step of the way. We know that it's not true. No, they mm-hmm. did. They said yeah, they yeah, out no. the right side. Like, every step that they could, and that was including oh. Democrats. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead, Xavier. You were saying. So you would ask the question earlier, what is the bright side to this? So I figured one out. Now, everybody's not going to like this, but it's oh. the truth. <laughs> yep. Get ready. We know, take a, take a species, not the human species, but take any species. The only way for the species to survive is we have to get rid of the weaker ones of us and only use the genetics of those that are the stronger version of that species, right? Mm-hmm. Right. Ooh. Think of this country as a living organism one living organism. And one of the problems that this country has been facing is that we've been, we've been, we've taken on an influx of people in many different places and in many different areas that we are expounding a lot of resources. And I mean, billions and billions and billions of resources every year to allow these people to survive in this particular organism. Thanks to this presidency and this whole, you know, um, government cabinet at this very point we're going to to a certain extent we're going to triage a lot of people and a lot of people are going to essentially be aborted out of our system one way or the other they're going to be aborted whether it be through violence whether it be through financial inequality lack of support in health care they're going to be aborted out of this system and therefore this system will get a sense of relief at the lack of people drawing down the system who don't actually support or put into the system. So what I'm saying is you have a number of people who are in ICE custody, who are in custody based on the fact that um, there's issues with their um, immigration status, right? And when they're held in ICE custody, it's like a limbo. And in this limbo, we have to afford them the best possible health care and housingry we possibly can do. And that gets very expensive over time. And then you multiply that times, I don't know, a few hundred thousand, and the country is spending a lot of money. With this presidency, he's going to force ICE and those organizations to go ahead and move on those people and deal with those organizations, deal with those, those individuals. Same thing with health care. Um, he can't completely disassemble the Obamacare health care plan because for him to do that, he would drop 20 million people, 21 million people out of health care services. And then what are they going to do? But then banks, I mean, not banks, hospitals just can't write off indigent care services. They can't just keep writing all that shit off. They have to find a way to deal with it. They have to do something with that and see what's been happening is they have been pushing that onto our private insurances and pushing it on these private payers. So what's going to end up happening with this whole situation is we're about to see the death of a lot of people based on the fact that the government system is going to change in a manner that does not support them being here. So in that sense, it's a good thing because it's going to help us because sometimes to save the rest of the body, you got to cut off the infectious leg. And so that's what we're about to do. I was about to say, this sounds yeah, like, um, say, like a sequel to the, the purge and maybe a mixture of the hunger games thrown in, you know, just for good favor. <laughs> like, yeah. Pretty much. We're going to hybrid that though. Yeah. <laughs> may, may the face always be in your favor. No, right. I mean, seriously, there is, there is something to be said about the fact that this is a tragedy unrolling at a slow pace when i saw the um since the 9-11 i really do feel like 
thousands upon millions of people's lives are at risk mm-hmm. yes. because of his presidency. And I know that like a lot of people don't agree with that. And that's even more disturbing that people don't see it. Like if 9-11 happened and there were streets cheering, like that would make me even more disturbed, would it not? <laughs> like, right. Oh my God, what the fuck? You don't see this as a good thing? But yeah, people do. Um, did something like Hurricane Katrina happens again <laughs> or something like, uh, you know, anything, any sort of national disaster or, you know, threat, terrorism, you know, declarations of war, like any sort of disruption in the normal flow of events. Left having turn. President Trump have to respond to that. It's just like, like a boring thing, like having a president that can be baited on Twitter. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> when he, when it was clear that he was winning, the instability in global markets was a real thing. That wasn't like a theoretical thing. Like the markets actually showed how having his presidency, like, come on. You know, mm-hmm. that's not um, some media bias. It's just the reality. Like when you say you don't understand the threat that nuclear weapons play upon global politics or the way that trade is negotiated, how, you know, NATO is a thing <laughs> that's good. Mm-hmm. You're the most powerful member of NATO. And you basically said on several occasions that you'd like to dismantle it. Like, yeah, you know, that's... <laughs> Um, that's an issue. So, um, but I think the other part, um, like, like you just said, go ahead. ahead. This is going to become a real education at a very hard, it's going to be like medicine. A lot of people are going to see some things because, you know, we didn't experience the Holocaust. We don't know what that Mm -hmm. felt like. We don't know what world war one and world war two looked like. Mm -hmm. Um, like we, like we said earlier, I mean, we see posturing in countries that now feel like, because they know he's not going to support NATO. And things like that. Yeah, we, poten- we potentially will be looking at a third world war, and mm-hmm. that's going to have far reaching yeah. implications. You know, for the first time, you know, we might actually see war um, on our home front, which in most wars we fight, we've always fought abroad. Mm-hmm. But when it comes home, it becomes something different. Yeah. So sadly, yes, this is going to be a lesson I think learned that's going to truly become something that's going to make a lot of people. But it's going to become an educational moment, and not all education and all experiences like your life. It don't always feel good, but um, sometimes it's necessary. It's one of those hard mm-hmm. lessons, and this is, I think, a very hard lesson that's going to have to be just played out. Mm-hmm. And at some point, some, some, uh, if we see enough of this, it's just like what we saw with the Holocaust and things like that. When you did say, you know, people that said, you know what, this will never happen again. Somebody is going to say, you know what, enough is enough. Yeah. And, and I hate I to think echo this. Oh, well, I hate go to ahead, go like, you know, bring this back up, you know, because it kind of goes into the whole theory of, you know, sometimes you have to go through a certain amount of suffering to realize, you know, what's valuable in life or whatever. But I can say one thing. I mean, yeah, we I haven't experienced, you know, a world war. I didn't experience, you know, being a Jew in Nazi Germany. But I will say, you know, 9-11, even though it's not as, you know, as, as massive as a world war or whatever. During 9-11 was one of the first times that I've really saw for a short period of time, the country really kind of stop and come together somewhat. Like the day, like the day after 9-11, 9-12, whatever you want to call it. Like there was a moment where I felt like everyone felt vulnerable 
and everyone felt that we had to like unite together and fight back to some degree, you know? Um, and in certain situations like that, you know, certain situations where, you know, like I said, again, if, if we're, if we have an attack, you know, on our own soil, you know, we realize why it's important to fight for freedom, why it's important to know what's going on within your government, knowing what's going on within the world. Um, I guess my only issue with that is that it just, it seems, and I guess this is just life in itself, but it just seems that history continues to repeat itself over and over and over and over again. And, you know, I, I try to be like an optimistic person to believe that we are making progress and we're, you know, growing in a way where we don't have to suffer and go through the same pains and the same trials and tribulations as our, as our parents, as our grandparents, as our ancestors. But, you know, some things, I guess, are just you can't avoid them, you know. Um, yeah. and I think maybe this is one of those aspects of, of life, you know, especially within our lifetime, something that we just can't avoid. You know, we're just going to have to kind of prepare ourselves and deal with it. Well, my so, Angelou said it. She said, when people tell you who they are, believe them. Believe them. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> we can't sit here when this is all said done and not say, well, we didn't see this coming. We didn't know. We had no idea he would do X, Y, and Z. At the end of the day, everybody's going to have to accept the fact that he told us this is who and what he was about. Yep. He didn't hide it. He didn't pull any punches. He did just that. He talked about Obama's yeah. and everything else. They mama. No, I, I, I saw this. Um, I think I saw this. Um, this video. I think it was like of a little kid who was just uh, crying because Trump was being elected. And at first, I just thought like this kid was being hyperbolic or whatever. But then she started, you know, saying some really intelligent shit. Like, you know, isn't this the guy who said all these mean things about women and? You know, like was spouting off really like intelligent shit. Like I wanted to bring the I wanted to bring the kids up at some point because you got a lot of kids out there that are you know, especially in in places yeah. like New York and such where you where your population is more mixed and it's not all, you know, the yes. shade of milk. Um, you know, what about my friend? Are their parents going to be sent away? Are they going to be sent away? Mm-hmm. And you have to, and, and, and you know, you have to listen to that because this man scared children. Mm-hmm. And his plan to become president, he frightened children. Yeah. Yep. Did they have? They yeah. had a. Um, I was gonna say they had here. One of my friends in Tennessee said that they sent uh, the, the school system sent uh, automated. I think text or voice message to all the parents asking for if your child wants counseling over this of this last election, then we have counseling. We have counselors on standby. That speaks. Yeah. That speaks volumes. Yeah. 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 We that says a whole lot. at Emory. So absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, it's a real thing. But um, I I did want to end on maybe a lighter note. Um, maybe two two lighter notes. Um. What do you think uh, Hillary Clinton's up to right now? Like, <laughs> I heard someone say, like, on a long she, vacation. My girl yeah. is out hiking. <laughs> yeah, that was the last day. day. She's out hiking, and somebody ran into her, you know, took a picture of her. We, we shared the photo of Bibi Derry mm-hmm. <laughs> of her hiking and stuff. So I yeah. guess she's like, I'm done. I'm just, I'm done with this shit. All right. You gotta go for it. Yeah, her might be pissed, but she's done. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I did see that she gave her first like press statement 
And um, she she was she mentioned some issues about the FBI, um, you know, investigations and such oh, as being a low point for. I'm telling you, if I got campaign. to listen to Mo Clinton email bullshit, I Jesus. think I'm going. Jesus oh. Christ, I don't care. I don't care. And I talked to one of my. That was a thing, like that. I talked to one of my exes who was a black yeah, I was gonna Republican, say and he was like, "Do you mm -hmm. really not care about her emails?" I said, "I got too much other shit going on." Email. <laughs> <laughs> listen, I was talking to somebody else about that too, and I was like, "Listen, Hillary is like what, almost seventy, right?" Yeah. So you already know, like they, they made it seem Republicans or whatnot made it seem as Hillary was like, like she was hacking into the matrix and shit. Like, you know, like she just she was like a <laughs> expert coder hacker and shit. She was sharing information with all these foreign nations or whatnot. I'm probably, I'm thinking like Hillary probably didn't even know how to log into her Yahoo mail. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hillary gives me that whole vibe that she probably sat there. She was like, damn it, like this computer is broken. And like, um, he called Chelsea. Did you hit Dirty the pop? Call Chelsea, right? Call Can somebody call Chelsea? You know what I'm saying? Like this computer. I tell you what's even what's even more funny about it is is that they, that whole thing where she was saying that um, you know, Colin Powell basically gave her the advice of having her own private email, um, being somewhat of a cop out. But one, Colin Powell corroborated that statement. But two, he did, and so did but two, like, yeah, exactly. What was interesting about Colin Powell was when he was Secretary of State, most the offices didn't even have computers. Like, I forget how many millions of dollars he had to spend just to get people on, like, Windows 95. <laughs> like, it was so out of date that they didn't have an email server, you know? So, yeah, he recommended using private email because they didn't have it when he started, you know? By the time he was out, they did. But even then, they didn't know how to use it because none of them had it before. They just used what they did before. And um, they talked about many and many a times when they're trying to pull up their email, they couldn't even pull it up. You know, like they're out, of, you know, traveling somewhere out of the country. And they get on the computer and try to pull up their email. And they can't even get it. Reminder, uh, the Bush hmm. administration deleted, what, about 22 million uh, emails? Yes, mm -hmm. I don't know. That doesn't quite equate, but it's part of the you know the same conversation. So yeah. it's very hypocritical, first of all. But yeah. I am done with her emails anyway. Um, this again, she was a, a flawed candidate. She should have never been put up as a candidate to go against Trump. But that's she should I'm not have been put up as a candidate either. Exactly. Donald Trump was a yes. hair patch from out of nowhere. He came out exactly. of this election like a bat out of hell, and nobody can tell you <laughs> where he came from. Exactly. exactly. This is true. But, but the other thing that we also need to pay attention to, which the media have not actually followed through very well, uh, yesterday came out that the Russians did have contact with Donald Trump yeah. through yeah. the whole campaign. Yeah. Yeah. But Nobody's paying attention. Ain't to that, that treasonous? Already done. Exactly. Sounds like it. It's like it's yeah, already done. So, so we have a foreign government that is a tyrannical government that has been meddling in the United States election, but nobody gives a fuck. Exactly. No, right. we're too busy talking about Hillary Clinton's fucking emails again. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't hack her server. They hacked the DNC. So mm -hmm. at the end of the day, I don't give a damn about the emails because they didn't find whatever they were looking for. 
Evidently, mm-hmm. yeah. Hershey. No, I'm just saying, like, even when they, when even though like WikiLeaks was like leaking all these DNC emails, none of them said anything interesting, and yet it was reported so, on. I will say, so, so, yeah. Where the fuck is WikiLeaks? We gonna blow that motherfucker up. I'm sick of that shit. <laughs> I heard somebody. Bullshit. I heard somebody arguing me earlier this week. You do realize that WikiLeaks is a factual news source, right? I said, are you fucking serious for me right now? And they were sitting there arguing with me all day. Like, well, it's facts, it's facts. I'm like, but you have to understand, if they leak this shit to us, where are they leaking to everybody else? You see what I'm saying? The whole thing is, can't y'all use all these hacking powers like to hack into like Sally Mae? Sally Mae, you know. <laughs> okay, banks you some money. Right, <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. but gentlemen, one thing that we also missing on the on the WikiLeaks, they hacked the shit out of the DNC, but they didn't yeah. seem to hack the Republican Party whatsoever. No, so, yeah. well, you know, their firewalls are much better. Right. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to say all they're going to find is like they didn't touch Donald Trump. Trump. They didn't touch anybody else. Well, that was the thing, though. I think they said that they may have, you know, hacked a lot of parts of the government. This is what they decided to release, you know, because I think there is a good chance if they were hacking the Democrats, they probably hacked the Republicans. But what they chose to release was the parts they wanted to to damage the candidates, you know. So, um, yeah, I think everyone's let's put it this way. We're hacking their shit, too. Okay, like (laughs) we're just not leaking it, you know. Like we're all up in their business, the United States government. Yeah, we got our, we got our hackers too. So let's let's not, let's be real about it. It's just that we're not openly involved in other people's electoral processes. You know. Well, not. Um, right. Right. But I guess the second thing I was going to say, like a lighter point, was maybe not so light. Is what do you think uh, President Obama is going to be up to after? <laughs> <laughs> Listen, it's a meme. Though. It's another one of those memes. Probably, yeah. I don't do. I do. Listen, him and Michelle. You can tell. Like we out this bitch. You know, like we yeah. out this motherfucker. <laughs> don't call us. Don't text us. We done with this shit. Cause I, I know a lot of folks want Michelle to run in twenty twenty or whatever. She ain't running. Right. Michelle ain't running. I went through eight years of my life being scrutinized, yeah. criticized. Obama's gonna be like. It's your problem. Deal with it. <laughs> right. It, it really, and no one can be mad at him because he did his no. part. He did his part. He did his part. When Hillary and her campaign, he did his fucking part. And it's like, you can ask this man or the family in general for anything else. They did their part. Yeah. I, I think he the, the, the a few times. When he he yeah. got a speech and somebody started heckling and he he made a very pointed point. He came kind of you know he had to roll his sleeves up and come and go a little bit. <laughs> one part of his message was, "You all do not be stupid and let this fool get in office." He really mm-hmm. said that to people. He did because he did. I think yeah. he knows yeah. some shit that the rest of us don't know too. Yeah. Look at his face in the photo with them shaking hands. Just look at his face expression. Well, first of all. First of all, this motherfucker that talked about me for eight motherfucking yeah. years. Yes. And now I got to shake your hand in public. And you know how they say, like, thanks, Obama. That's what he, that's what his first expression was saying, like, thanks, America. You know, after all the stuff I did, thanks, America. Uh, he, was you, he was giving your favorite little word, um, bruh. That's the face that he was giving. He was giving you a straight up, yeah, bruh. bruh. 
And then in the picture of Michelle and Melania was also hilarious. <laughs> What's the meme? Michelle like, I'm Michelle Obama. And then they have Melania saying, I'm Michelle Obama. I, I'm Michelle Obama. And then Michelle's like, no, I'm Michelle Obama. And she's like, no, I'm Michelle <laughs> I'm like, what did they have to even talk about? Like, Michelle's like, oh, oh my God. Yeah. What's the dog name? What's the dog they got? I forgot their dog. Bo. Bo. They probably, she probably brought Bo in. Like, Bo, Bo go talk to Melania. Like, I, I don't got anything. You know what I'm saying? 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 Oh, yeah, she probably asked, but she probably asked Michelle, so what's the best what's the best way to calm husband down when he's upset? <laughs> what role goes to get that that energy like, and that anger out of him? I've already sucked the penis in the <laughs> Now y'all need to stop playing because y'all know Trump ain't getting hard for nobody. Okay, I ever can't do all of that. Now, that shit out. now she's probably asking, now how do you dye his roots a little better? Because those roots are high temperament. Oh my god. Oh, no, we don't share said Melania. Michelle yeah. tried to Melania and then look, I don't care what you do, but you better not touch my goddamn guard. I work eight goddamn years no damn guard. If you touch my damn guard, I'm fuck I'm coming with motherfuckers fucking up. I still have you know Donald Trump is gonna go out and pee on that guard You know he is. Oh no. Oh yeah, he's a, he's a spike. Orange is not the, the new black. But you know another thing that's gonna be missing from the White House is that like during during Obama's term, his eight years, the White House has had so much soul and life in it. You know, like every, every time they have opportunity, they bring in Aretha Franklin and Patti LaBelle and Jill Scott. You know, and just bringing so much life. Like, what is Donald Trump gonna like? What is entertainment gonna look like? Like Scott Bale. <laughs> yeah. I want to see the old episode Charles in Charge. Scott, come here, get the cast together. You guys are not doing anything, so you might as well just get over here and just entertain me. Oh, and my mind said, what is Charles in Charge? Paris Hilton going to come and do the It's going to be terrible. He's talking about like Amarosa being like an official. Ted Nugent is coming. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what he's saying right there. He's gonna have a, he's gonna have his whole entire like new title, like you know, uh, chief of entertainment for the White House because anybody's gonna show up. Ain't nobody else in Hollywood gonna show up. Those stadiums are gonna be hilarious. Mm-mm. God, so yeah, sorry I don't know. I was saying like she lost some black black friends during this campaign. Yeah, <laughs> like this, uh, like what you, like what are you talking? About? <laughs> I can't stand none of those people. Like they arguing about that, and that's gonna be one of the worst things. Like I, I enjoy watching news. I, I enjoy watching political roundtables. But knowing that anytime I turn on the news, I'm gonna have to see Trump, orange, pumpkin ass face, and Melania, non speaking ass, on the television, on the screen <laughs> daily, like every single day. Like that is going to be excruciating. Yeah. You know, that's the thing. I think it, I think was, it was two days before I turned the television. Yeah, I see you, dude. I didn't turn the TV on until like Thursday or Friday. I'm gonna be honest with you, like Wednesday when you did the, um, you know, the American Horror Story Bearcast. I was so worn out. Like I was so worn out. Like I talked to Malcolm earlier that day, 
and I'll ask, like, you know, are we going to still do the American Horror Story thing? And I didn't know how you were feeling, Mark. But yeah. as soon as I got home from work, like, I literally like, just flopped head first into my pillow, and I was there for, like, the rest of the night. I, and, and you know what, Chris? I didn't blame you because I'll be dead honest with you. I said, this has sucked out all the enjoyment of American Horror Story for me. I better see some bloody... Stop living it. It's one thing to watch. Exactly. It's another thing to live in America. <laughs> right. America. America horror story right now. You're right. It no, is. I, I definitely appreciated watching someone get their intestines pulled out like slowly because <laughs> that's how I was feeling. Yeah. I yeah. swear, I'm, I'm the fattest fat boy there is. I woke up the next morning and I had no appetite. I yeah. knew something was wrong. I yeah. was like, fuck. Yeah. I'm really I'm, I'm, I yeah, went to be Tuesday, Tuesday night. Tuesday night, I went to sleep about 11.30 because my nerves just couldn't handle it no more. Yeah. My stomach got upset. I was running it back and forth to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. I was like, yeah, Ooh, yeah I don't yeah. like ass to bed. And yeah, you didn't need yeah. 4.30, I rolled over and I said, okay, it's 4.30 in the morning. This shit is over with. Yeah. Oh, and check Facebook and see what happened. Because mm. I'd be able to tell. Three, you know, I, I turned on Facebook on my iPad and I was like, yeah, I'm going to Yeah, uh, same way. Yeah. It was yeah. exhausting. Well, I woke up to that. It really was. I mean, I was, well, I'm going to tell y'all, I had drunk myself to stand be dead ass honest with you. I finished two bottles of wine and I sat there and woke up the next morning. My mind, everything is like this. Everything <laughs> just spinning. I woke up and that just said, President elect Trump. I said, either I'm very, very drunk right now or I'm dreaming. <laughs> Because the third option is not livable. And I woke up and I said, I, you know, but yeah, it was it was crazy. And then people kept coming to the library like, well, and you can say, and like my, my um best friend's wife, she called me and told me they had a celebratory uh, thing at her. She works on the Army base. Oh, wow. They sat there and had Trump cake. Oh, no. And they walked up to her and said, mm. you want some Trump cake? And she said, no. Ooh. Jesus. And it came from there. They were like they was running around the place like excited. They had on like red, white, and blue that day. They was just like, and she was this black girl, her little African-centric stuff. And she was like, you know what? Mm. It's time for me to go home. So I said, you best be glad, because I was scared, but she told me that I was like, somebody will come to the damn library that's gonna try me and I'm gonna mm. lose my damn drive while drunk. Yeah. I was just sure of it. I was just sure of it, but uh, just for the future, just for the future, yeah. Mark. The next time some shit like that happens, before you cuss a bit out, go to your immediate supervisor and say, "I have an alcohol problem." <laughs> <laughs> now, said, so they can't fire you. Told them that you got a problem with the left. and they have to take some stuff to correct that, and then you can go cut the bitch out. Mm -hmm. Okay. While they figure out what to do next. While your director is figuring out what to do next, you can go cut the bitch out. Derek, it sounds like you have some past experience. I just, you know, I know. Some people. I think that's from how to get away with murder. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, but no, I mean, okay. it is there's something to that, and I um. Yeah, I'm always trying to find some of the silver lining from it. I think, truthfully, one of the silver linings is, I think Donald Trump is somewhat entertaining. I hate to say that. You because... said that repeatedly. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I didn't say I said it with any sort of joy. <laughs> but I say maybe the upside of it is that maybe more people will pay attention mm. to politics because of No. I don't know. If that's necessarily here's the thing, but here's the thing about that. There mm. hasn't been any politics. 
This yeah. is why I feel so bad for Hillary. Right. You know, Ali, you you got some points. You know, there was some corruption. There was some stink on or whatever. But here's what I feel bad about. This woman has prepared for this run for God knows how long in her life. Her entire career. She did her homework. She prepared herself. She had a flash card. Yeah, and sure did. She was the smartest girl in school. <laughs> she and did her homework. She got to go up against the motherfucking dumbass bully who don't know shit. So they just proved a point that just because you smart, just because you got your shit together, don't mean a hill of goddamn beans in America. Nothing. There you go. In other so, words, yeah. you so can lie in your resume and be the dumbest motherfucker in the country and still get the job. Yeah. And still get the job. So, yeah, he's entertaining, but he's not going to teach you anything about politics. Yeah. Right. right. And, like, and like you said earlier, Derek, this is going to be, sadly, the, the, the final bullet point to her, her legacy, Hillary's legacy, that she was beat. By someone who had no experience, and yeah. no real preparation. Yeah, you know, and there that's, was a, that's embarrassing. You know, like, you know, like Hillary Clinton. I mean, her whole entire career has been building up to this, and to be defeated by someone who is like, you know, an idiot. It's like, you know, that's it's a slap in the face. You know, there was the but Hillary is wealthy. I was about to say Hillary, and I can't remember what his name is, hmm. and he used to talk about his name was AJ something, and he used to talk about being the person that comes in last running in the Olympics. Mm. I have trained, I have sacrificed, I ain't ate my favorite foods, and I can't believe I'm coming in last. I could have gone out and got me some pussy last night and still coming <laughs> ah. <in>. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, yeah. No, I was thinking about like um, someone was telling me, I, could, I think it was like a female reporter on a um, <laughs> on a uh, podcast, and she was just like, I don't think you really understand how much preparation has to go into a woman to be presentable on TV. And she's been putting on makeup and put, making herself up for like two years. You know, like she, <laughs> like there was at least part of her was like, I don't have to be in front of a camera. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure I she's like, <laughs> I could be in my undies. Right. Like the, you know, stay in my pajamas. Like this is some bullshit. But I'm sure she, I'm sure she's probably hurting, you know, but still. It's, but the thing of it is, you know, when the country goes to hell or the world goes to hell, you know, Hillary and Bill, they got enough coin. They can move to Mars, you know, build them a nice little, you know, <laughs> getaway, you know, on another planet. Like, you know, they, they don't really have to deal with this. I mean, it, it, it's going to hurt Hillary's ego and maybe, like I said, in her, the legacy of her career. But for us, right. you know, we're going to have to deal with this at face this value, was, you know. This was the thing at the end of the day, I felt like, you know, people – really didn't believe that Hillary Clinton gave a shit about any issue. Like, I actually do believe that she cares about this country. So, like, I think that's the devastating part is, like, I, I do think that she wanted to do some good for yeah. America. Yeah, right? yeah. So, um, and there's some bullshit. <laughs> I mean, she's got some issues, but, you know, I think at the end of the day, she did care. Yeah. Nobody is perfect. Yeah, right. perfect. gentlemen, unfortunately, I have to go and make dinner for my husband. Oh, what you cooking? Uh, I'm making <laughs> homemade pizzas. Oh shit! I'm making homemade How pizzas far do you stay? with <laughs> real pepperoni, none of the fake shit. Oh. <laughs> All right, uh, man. I'm glad you were able to join us. Uh, and, uh, I am really glad that I was. I, I miss this political part because, yeah. as you all know, I'm a political animal myself, mm -hmm. uh, and I'm hoping that wow. we can do some other ones. 
I'm sure there'll be plenty of stuff to talk about. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we were going to do this regardless, and I'm um, <laughs> glad that you, um, you know, that you're always up to date on these things and keep us informed. So. I try. Yeah. It's, Thank you for being um, But like I said, we are the resistance. Hmm. We are the voice. If you can hear this voice, you are the resistance. Hey. The thing is, let's resist with our, <laughs> our brains and not with our brawn. Hmm. All right? Let's hmm. beat them at their own game. Hmm. All right? Yeah. So see you guys soon. All right. Peace. Peace. Yeah, and I think um, we might do a little wrap-up because um, I still plan on doing the Hangout Sunday. I wanted to do get this all out of the way, the election stuff, and we have – we may have burned through a lot of it. I'm sure more of it's going to come up, but um, – Of course. <laughs> <laughs> Especially for the fallout of tonight's this and that. <laughs> right, exactly. But, yeah, actually we're going to invite a guest on tomorrow to discuss relationships. Um, we actually discussed one of his articles – on uh, Get Your Love Life, um, that article, I think it was Rest in Peach. You remember we talked about the dating, yeah. dating life in Atlanta? And we kind of sort of eviscerated his article. <laughs> we did. But you know what? He's a good sport. He's going to come on. We're going to talk about it and, you know, talk about relationships and, you know, all that good stuff. And um, well, Is Xavier going to be here tomorrow? Is Xavier going to be here tomorrow? <laughs> we'll see. We're about relationships. <laughs> I think he probably is frozen or something. Oh, we gotta get a chance. I'm gonna send y'all. I'm gonna send y'all each this thing, and I want y'all to look at it because, yeah, that's kind of. But anyway, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, no. I was, I was just kind of wrapping it up. Um, I, I thought if I was gonna do a check it out for the election, um, there's a book that I read a a few years ago called um, White Rage. Um, it's sort of the black, the backlash to Barack Obama. This came out before the 2012 election, but mm. if you read this, like none of this would have been surprising as far as um, the white resentment or backlash to Black Lives Matter about President Obama, and really does get into the psychology of you know the current political state and why Donald Trump's president right now or president elect. Um, you know, it's it's not comforting, but it is. I, I don't know. For me, more information is always better even when it's depressing, at least I get a certain sort of like comfort from knowing, I guess, things, even bad things. So that's on me. I don't know. But White Rage, I can't remember the author's name. Let me look it up. But it was, um, she was on NPR not too long ago talking about, you know, the election and sort of the, the backlash of, you know, of, you know, basically seeing it's hard to, I don't know. It's hard to quantify, but she does a pretty good job. And uh, let me see if I can bring it up real quick. Um, also, Queen Sugar, they had their oh. finale. What? Wait, wait, wait without no, the finale? They got, no, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not their finale? I want to say, wait. No, that was not the finale. No, that was not the finale. <laughs> so, when does Queen Sugar end? That's like two more episodes, In right? Two, three, two or three weeks. Two or three weeks. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought it was. Oh like, boy, Michael, don't do that to me. Listen, I, I just watched the last episode, and I was like, I was about to fall out. Really, I was like, wait, what? Wait, yeah. this is when I had to dip out, so I would see y'all later. <laughs> <laughs> Are we still All right. live? So then, yeah, I guess season one has. Are we still live? Yeah, yeah. we are. Oh, okay. Yeah. 
So how how many episodes are there, by the way? Queen Sugar? I mean, a Queen Sugar. I mean, I think it's. I mean, I think it's thirteen. Thirteen. Um, yeah, I think so. Give me a second. Right, I'm doing the same thing, searching it up. Each. It is. Uh, wait. Damn it. Twelve. Twelve. Okay. So we got two more. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I was under the impression that was the last one, but that's yeah. good. <laughs> it was really good. I mean, the whole the whole series is incredible. Yeah, I'm about to actually get into Insecure real quick. I went ahead and just um signed up HBO now, so I can catch up. Sorry, thirteen. 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 Okay. Thirteen. That's cool. Um, let's see. This was um, I was trying to look up the the name of this book. Uh, let's see. Yeah, White Rage: The Unspoken Truth of Our Racial Divide. Um, this is by um, Carol Anderson. Um, let me see. Yeah, highly recommended. It's really mm-hmm. good. Um. Yeah, and, and and she was on as a guest on, I believe, uh, Code Switch this past week on NPR. It was really good. And um. Yeah. And seeing what else. Yeah, I, ain't uh, no, I ain't got no checking out because I've been trying <laughs> to check back in. <laughs> there you go. It's true. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, you know what? I, 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 I do have one. Check it out. Well, go ahead, Malcolm. No, no. I, I, go ahead. Um, there is a new-ish Netflix series uh, called Chewing Gum. I don't know if you heard about mm. it. All right. See, Chris, that's why I like you. There we go. But it's it's actually a, a BBC series, but, you know, Netflix, I guess, got the rights to stream it domestically here. Um, really, I mean, not to spoil too much, the, the, the short synopsis of it is that it's about uh, this young 24-year-old black woman who's a virgin, and she's being raised in this very, you know, super religious Christian family, um, but she's really determined to get some dick. Um, and <laughs> that's pretty much the, the beginning premises of the show, but it kind of branches on out, and it really kind of gets into this whole slice of life, like, you know, this this young shelter black woman really kind of find her identity and her sexuality but it's a comedy and it is hilarious like it is like a one i got two episodes left oh my god it is so good so good so yeah it's, and the thing of it is it's only six episodes and episodes are only like 30 minutes a piece so you can really breeze through it in a weekend real quick without a problem but it's really good it's really good it's called chewing gum it's on netflix now De- definitely check it out like it uh Bring some light into your day, especially <laughs> after this whole, you know, election. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, that is good. Like I said, I need, need a little relief, and I, I need to check that out. Yeah, but um, yeah, I think I guess if there's nothing else, we should go ahead and wrap it up. I'm um, I'm gonna go actually spend. I got to be around white people. I'm just <laughs> going to go play at this magic tournament. In the South. Yeah, no, and it's just like you gotta be around white people in the South. <laughs> I gotta get I gotta put my armor on, put on the, the power suit, the ring, the, the cloak of levitation, yeah, <laughs> whatever else. Yeah, all that shit. So um but like I said, at the end of the day, we got this because you know, what would this country be and what would this country do without 
black folks and people of color. Like <laughs> we the only people that's bringing the spices and the flavor. You know, <laughs> literally. <laughs> did you see that? Did you see that? Um, Twitter. I can't remember what the one's name is saying. If they start shipping black people back to Africa, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> like, I'm jumping my ass on the boat, y'all. I'm not gonna leave me here with no unseasoned <laughs> Yes, it's true. <laughs> It's so true. You know? so, that was yeah. the first thing that made me laugh. Yeah. <laughs> and that's another thing, too. Like, I'm just saying this now. I'm not going nowhere. I'm not jumping this ship, going anywhere. I'm staying here. This is where I've been. This is where, you know, I've grown. And I, I feel like I got the same right to be here just as much as anybody else. So you're going to be seeing my seven-foot black ass here, marching, voting, <laughs> you know, holding motherfuckers accountable. Like, I'm not going anywhere, and I feel like you know, we'll make it through this. That's, that's without a doubt. You know, we've are we've been built to persevere, so we'll be able to get through this. Yeah, right, and that's a good note to end on it. Um, we'll see you tomorrow, and uh, make sure to check us out for American Horror Story, which is coming to a finale next week, right? Yes. Yeah. And of course, tomorrow we're going to talk about all the other good stuff that we do on M3. Um, thank you, everybody, for being here. Yeah. We'll see you tomorrow. Peace. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the M3 Bear Essentials podcast. If you would like to support Mail Media Mind, please visit mailmediamind.com. There you'll find links to all of our social media accounts, including Twitter, Tumblr, Pinterest, Instagram, and YouTube. If you'd like to listen to our recording live, subscribe to us on YouTube and you'll get a notification. There you can leave questions and comments in the Q&A. Also, make sure to leave a five-star review in iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. Thank you for listening, and we'll catch you next episode.